Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Rosemary. Hey, everyone. I'm Kameth. Also joining us is Matt. Hey, I'm Comatose. Oh, well, I mean, you're looking great for that. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's good. Also joining us is Katie. Hello, Aeonine on the forums and Discord. And lastly, but not least, we have Ella. Hey, I'm Rosar. Hi, and I am Chaos, and we are doing our third and final Lost Metal Reactions podcast. I've retained, I've reclaimed my throne as hosting this show. Fell's a no usurper. Fault of his own. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fell's <laughs> a master usurper, as Admin. we know. Yeah, that's right. Fell for Edmund. Yes. Hashtag uh, Fell for Edmund. Yeah, but uh, we were going to have Ben on here, but uh, he he got sick. So uh, that's fine. So I'm, I'm always down to blab, uh, but I've, I've already said my piece. It's really about saying your piece uh, about the lost metal. Uh, and so. Uh, oh, spoiler policy. What well, what are we doing here? So uh, there will be full Cosmere spoilers. Um, we will have a very, I imagine, very short non-spoiler section. Um, presumably, you've already listened to two of these. Maybe, maybe you're, maybe this is the first one you've clicked on. I don't know. We'll see. But then we'll quickly get on to spoilers for uh, the Lost Metal. Uh, but our spoiler-free section, you know, will. You know, could might have Cosmere and previous Mistborn stuff, but no Lost Metal stuff there. But yeah, so why don't we get right into it and just say, non-spoilery wise, what did you think of the book? Let's start with Rosemary. I I, I liked it. It was a good book. Um, you want me to get into more detail than that, though? I yes. I, I have zero experience in doing spoiler-free reviews, so. I don't know that I can say much without a spoiler what? accidentally coming out of my mouth. What if you, uh, where would you place Lost Metal in, in you, Era 2? Like, rank don't them. You, don't you ask me to rank things. Rank How them. dare you? Rank them. How'd you like it? Did you did you like it? Did you love it? Was it 10 out of 10? What did you think? I mean, I, there, were, there were some aspects, there were some quibbles that I have with the book. Um... I'll put it, I'll give it, you know, an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. So that way I don't have to, I don't have to stack and tell you which, which of my adopted children are better than the others. No, I'll just give it a score. Okay. Just don't ask me to score anything else in the same time period. <laughs> okay. Matt, uh, rank the adopted children of the of Era 2. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> how, how'd you like um, it? <laughs> my... Spoiler free opinions. I, I enjoyed the book as well. Um, I think certain plot lines in it were my favorite of era two and other parts were not. I think that's why it's hard for me to rank it compared to the other books, because, you know, like if it was just certain parts, it would be my favorite. I thought it did a good job of paying off a lot of the promises of the series. Um, missed a couple, but generally did a pretty good job of wrapping things up and i liked some of the callbacks to the previous trilogy it made me feel like emotionally a lot of the ways that hero of ages made me feel not quite the same um those who know me know that era one is i'm an era one truther forever um but, uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know that Brandon could have like nailed 100% of everything, especially just given how the Cosmere in these books have evolved. Like Alloy of Law came out in 2011. So it's unusual, I think, for a series of this size and books of this length to be spread out as long as they have. Like Era One is obviously tighter, but he wrote those back to back. So, um, but overall, I, I thought it was fun. It does some fun things with with the genre, and it's and it was really nice to see the characters again. Like I missed missed these folks. So, Katie, what'd you think? So I liked the book. I enjoyed it the whole way through, but I feel that my opinion of it is pretty heavily carried by the ending and by a certain plot line um, and general elements in that plot line and that the rest of it kind of just didn't hold up as as well. And if 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 those two things, the plot line and the ending hadn't been as good or had been different, I might have a somewhat low opinion of this book. But those things kind of carry it up. Oh, I'm so interested to hear which plot line. Uh, this, this could maybe be perhaps divisive, so I'm excited. Ella, what do you think? Well, I'm more than happy to rank Era 2. Mm. <laughs> Uh, books. Yeah, me too. Uh, since me no too. one else seems to. Rank them. Uh, for me, this is probably my second favorite, like right after Bands of Mourning for me. Ooh. And though I will, s- I don't know how spoiler free this is, but I think I find it a really good Mistborn book and a very good Cosmere book. And I think it's much better at being the, the latter than the former. I definitely want to talk about how it fits in uh, among the other Arrow 2 books. So we'll, we'll definitely get to that. Um, you've already heard me blab too much. So I'm, I'm just going to skip me blabbing. I already did this. Uh, so let's get on into some spoilers because this is really, really impossible to do anything. Writing spoiler for your reviews, very ta- challenging. Uh, and clearly some other spoiler free reviews that I've read online uh, take spoiler free a little more liberally than me. Like, oh, okay. I didn't know you could put that in there, but all right, cool. Uh, but let, let's just get on into it. So, Katie, what what plot line? We we I I have to know. Uh, it was Marseille's plot line with the ghost bloods. Um, basically every Cosmere moments in this one and the ending were, and and the era one callbacks were what was making it work for me. The rest kind of didn't so much. That that's exactly where I'm at with this book as well, Katie. Like that 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 is exactly where the I found the wax and wane. It just kind of spun a bit. Yeah, it's normally characters are what carry books for me, but the characters in this one just didn't quite land as well. The when when they were interacting with each other, it was usually good, but their own internal character arcs and such didn't work as well for me. They weren't bad. Including Wayne? I liked the way his character arc ended. I was a little more uncertain at the start and going through it. And I think I think there were good ideas to it and I don't hate it conceptually, but I think the way Brandon wrote it 
um, is not necessarily something that super clicks with me. Wayne, mm-hmm. like Wayne reiterating that he's worthless all the time and just that specific flavor of self-loathing and the things that he focused on and the way that he went about having that character arc is not how I would have written it, which I think part of it is probably at the very beginning, my expectations were a little bit off. I expected him to tackle more how he treated other people, specifically women and Renette and things like that. And in general, the way that he behaved a little more than I expected him to tackle his self-loathing over the man that he killed, which obviously is a really important thing. And I don't dislike that we went in that direction instead. But there was some... I, I wasn't expecting it, and so I was a little off the foot that we kind of tackled the other bits in the time skip and we just came back to oh Wayne is cool now that's that's fine I liked it I liked his conversation with Renette and Jaxie and things like that um but then we kind of went in a few directions that I wasn't expecting with him and I ultimately liked the climax a lot but yeah cool yeah I I definitely had some issues with Wayne's arc as well, because, again, Brandon didn't dig into some of the things that I think really needed to be addressed. Wayne, because I've I've long had this theory that a lot of the reason Wayne is so, you know, to people the way he is, is because he's trying to get them to punish him because he's like, well, I'm this terrible person, so I'm just going to put myself in the position and maybe it's not even fully conscious, but he does this because he's trying to live up to his, you know, certainty that, that he's not worthy. And I really wanted to see more of that come on of maybe that realization of, you know, maybe I don't have to be such an ass all the damn time, but and I really, I, I, I'm not, I, I was not thrilled with Wayne dying at the end simply because like, oh, it's the great, because that was, that, that was telegraphed like in the, so people were calling that in the first book. I mean, that, that Wayne is ultimately going to die. And I'm like, no. Nah. And, and, and then it was just like signposts in this book of this character is slated for death. And this is our goodbye. It's like, oh, okay, this this is a very final yes. goodbye. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's frustrating to me because I feel like there was a lot more of growth that he needed to go through. And I wanted to see him learn to live with himself and get better at how he interacts with other people because that's really what he needed to do. Um, you know, he's, you're never going to get the forgiveness from the terrible thing you did, but maybe you need to work on being a better person in certain other ways. And everyone's just like, Wayne, you're awesome. Why do you hate yourself? Like, no, no, you're he. Yes. In many ways, he is a hero, but he also has problems. And that's been a blind spot with wax forever. And Harmony didn't help that either. And I just. I wanted Wayne to get to a level of self-awareness that he just never quite made it to before he died. And like, maybe he'll go through some of that in whatever the Cosmere afterlife is of him, you know, having to sit down in front of the cosmic projector and unpack some of the stupid that he's done. (laughs) So I I agree, I think, with what's been said. Um, 
I typically, though, um, and have not been a Wayne fan. And this book, I actually didn't mind Wayne's parts because I did think he was getting at least some accountability, like the Renette and Jaxi uh, conversation I thought was vital. Um, and also his recognition that him torturing himself was hurting um, Aliandri um, with the drop offs and him kind of recognizing that, oh, I'm putting my own self-loathing above other people's well-being um, was nice. His reconciliation with Steris, it would have been nice to have on camera, but they weren't really around each other this book. And Steris kind of alludes to it how like they've grown on each other. And I liked his little comment about how, you know, that, that suggested that he includes Steris in the friends group and how he flat out said to Wax, yeah, I was totally wrong about her. Yeah, that was great to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I liked and I actually liked Wayne and Marassi a lot. And I was a little disappointed when they split up. But I knew I was like, OK, this is the last Wax and Wayne book. You got to get Wax and Wayne back together to do their Wax and Wayne stuff. And like, that's not as much my favorite part of these books. But I was like, it, it makes sense why Brandon did that. Like, you got to kind of do some callbacks to Alloy of Law and have them be the the great tag team again. Yeah, otherwise, what's Wax even doing character wise? Like he's he's there yeah. as the foil for Wayne in this book, really. Yeah, he is. Well, and Wayne, like it's interesting because like Marasi, I feel like had her big growth moment in Bands of Mourning, and this was mostly seeing her growth play out. Like, I don't think Marasi changed a lot over the course of this book, but she did like we just got to like see her being a we got to see her final evolution and then the epilogue promised, oh, there's more evolution to come, which is great. Love Marasi. But um, it was cool to just see her kind of do her thing. But with Wayne, Wayne was the character who was going through it. Uh, this book Steris to a lesser extent. But with Wayne, I think he did get some accountability. I, what I liked about him and Marasi is I did feel like Marasi calls Wayne on stuff. Whereas Wax kind of just lets him get Wax kind of has a blind spot for Wayne and Wax and Wayne's kind of problematic dynamic of Wax being very permissive of Wayne and letting Wayne get away of every away with everything and Wayne putting Wax on a pedestal like that was never really unpacked. But again, this book was doing a lot of heavy lifting and I think Brandon knowing that Wayne was going to die this book wanted to end with their relationship on a positive note so there wasn't really real estate to have a breakdown in that particular relationship but yeah Wayne I think I'm hesitant to say this I think Wayne kind of won me over this book um same for me Matt like like he, legit he I I he Wayne was better on a reread uh when I was rereading yeah. uh before uh, getting this book uh but i wayne wayne yeah. is like oh good this this is exactly what i wanted fantastic yeah because i think i always knew his problematic behavior was tied to like personal issues um my issue with him was kind of more that no one would like he was getting away with it and i did feel like for the most part they did at least lip service to not letting him get away with it in this book. And I did see some signs of 
like growth in him. Uh, his humor still isn't for me. <laughs> him kind of dying the hero's death was a bit of a like, oh, like. I did like a D plus character growth, bare minimum, and now I get to go out <laughs> as a hero. But the series is also ending. Um, so this was like for most of these characters, probably the last we're going to see of them anyway. So um, yeah, I did like the clear implication that that the partnership between Marisi and Wayne is much more functional than the one was between him and Wax. And Marisi has clearly been calling him out on sh stuff for the last six years. And there's definitely been some changes because of that. And you can I like that you can see that. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I like what was there. I just wanted more and deeper. Mm -hmm. But obviously yeah. that would have made the book a lot longer. And what it's already a long book. <laughs> it's already long, yeah. I will say the Wayne Grove kind of, I wouldn't say it didn't work for me, but I felt very not strongly about it. I think I'm just cursed with spending too much time talking about Wayne here on the shard because a lot of what was being said about Wayne felt like a retreat of discussions that we had about Wayne already in between the two books. So it all felt a bit perfunctory, like here's a checklist of things that were problems with Wayne. So let's let's go down the list and fix them all. And so the, the whole like heroic sacrifice at the end was more like it's the last Mistborn book in a series. Someone's got to die. <laughs> and I guess the, the will of fortune spun and landed on Wayne. Yeah. And... Ending with the statue joining to the list of heroes. Slightly funny, I will say. That, Just that, a little bit amusing. I, I do feel like Brandon probably could have written that ending in a way that no one would have died. But then you would have had Wayne bouncing around the rest of his life as a mistborn. And um, I'm not sure Skadriel would survive that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also liked. Wayne dying, I also think, had a good thing for Wax's character, because Wax is like the stereotypical, like sacrifice everything to save the world. And so having Wayne be like, no, this is me, like I'm doing it and pushing Wax off the boat, I felt was a good character moment for Wax to have and kind of the finalization of some of wax's arc like if i i think if it had been anyone else other than wayne it, it wouldn't have worked that way for for wax's arc so that was nice it, it was a good heroic sacrifice it just didn't make me f make me feel much like i i feel like i could have felt stronger about this yeah i i will admit like when i did my my reread of, of the book yesterday i'm sitting there and going like the one point that actually got me to tear up at the book was when Marsh was talking about how many tries it took to get, make them get Vin's face right. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait, did did they mention specific tries to get her face right? I, oh, he's just like it, it, it took he's like it took it, an intervention, intervention to get get them to get her mm -hmm. face right. And it's just like the the, mm -hmm. the fact that they had trouble with that, the fact that he, you know, obviously took it upon himself to make sure that it was right. It was 
hilarious. That that hurt me in the feels. Katie, Wayne thoughts. Wayne thoughts. So I really liked the scenes that we got as well with Marisay calling him out and the Renette and Jaxie scene, which, oh, by the way, Renette and Jaxie, gay rights. Woo. I, I liked what we got, but it very much felt to me like a start and like and something that would be built on more in the book. And then the book just kind of went a different direction with it. They're like talking about, hey, you need to face what you're doing with going to this girl every month, with going to Aliandri and facing her. And you need to kind of look at these things that you're not looking at about yourself, Wayne. And I'd never felt that something that that the murder of that man all that time ago, I'd never felt like that was something he was trying to hide from himself or avoid like Jaxie was talking about. That always felt like something he very much was aware of and and very much hated himself for, as opposed to something that he needed to tackle and develop a bit more on the way that he interacted with others. It was more about how he used the girl to punish himself and didn't mm -hmm. think about what kind of effect it had on her. Yeah. But I do kind of see how, how... in some ways, Brandon wrote himself onto a corner with the way he built Wayne's psychology in in the earlier books. It's like that this is a difficult brain to put into introspective mode because his brain don't think like anybody else do. Yeah, it's I really liked the his death scene. I thought that was a great scene, but it was probably easily one of the best scenes of his character arc for me because the rest of it kind of was just like it was it was good but it was like slightly off to the side of what I expected and what I thought he needed and what I thought would fit better Hmm. I don't know that's not me saying I could have done it better than Brandon I think Brandon (laughs) did a good job but you can still have issues with something you like yeah Mm -hmm. you can do that I still think I think the the biggest piece of it that bothers me is the fact that I wanted Wayne to be to a point where he was ready to live mm. and ready to 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 do better and you know accepted himself as someone who deserved to have a life and then still be able to sacrifice that. I wanted it it th- there's still sort of this cheapness to the sacrifice of of how he devalued himself for so long that of course he would be the one but i wanted i wanted to see that mean something more to for him to be to the point where he's like i would really like to live out my life and see what kind of person i could be but comma everyone needs saving so i'm gonna do what needs to be done that was the that was the big piece that was missing for me Okay, Rosemary, I'll put you down for the Wayne podcast. We'll we'll do one eventually, uh, pretty yeah. soon. So. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. You, 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 I'll put you down. Uh, I, I wasn't to, aware I was auditioning. Yeah, <laughs> to, you are now. <laughs> to to Alice's point, though, um, about Wayne and, like being like it being very expected. I think, generally speaking, that's something one of the realities this book kind of was struggling with is it's been over six years or six years since the last book came out. And so there were a lot of elements, I think, especially in like fan spaces that have been discussed ad nauseum. And we've had a lot of time to 
go over and over these books. So, yeah, I definitely think it's harder for Brandon to surprise us finishing a series um, like this one when it's, you know, been on the books for so long. Yeah, makes sense. Since uh, since Katie brought it up, can I just take note? The Ronette and Jaxi, I think this is the first time in the Cosmere we saw both halves of a same-sex couple be a couple together on page. That's like probably we had true. The, yeah. we had the couple yeah. in we had the couple in Stormlight one that but they both and they both get to be present on page but never together. Mm, and then yeah. the other characters we know are queer and we're not like in relationships. So congratulations, Ronette and Jaxi, you get to be the first. Yeah. Oh. yeah, we, yeah. We, we see Drew in like one scene in the background and yeah, never but see you him never... and Drahi together. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure we'll get more, but uh, it, it is good. Yeah, for sure. And and Jaxi was lovely. Can it's I just lovely. say? Yes, yeah, it's amazing. She's like I, the perfect balance for Renette. Yes. Yeah, totally. Evidently better than Mithra. Yeah. <laughs> Who is Renette's old girlfriend in the last yeah, book? Yeah, yeah. I completely forgot she already had a girlfriend in the yeah, previous Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, no. This, this, right. this is a different person. Yeah, it's a different name. Yeah. Cool. What other general spoiler thoughts do you guys have on things? I will say I was hoping we would get more Southern Skagians. Uh huh. It was like Alec, for example, my best boy Alec, he disappears after part one. Like, the way he like comes back at the end reminds me of like you know how in like old timey fables and stories the knight sets out on a journey and his the maiden says goodbye and then she, he comes back after the quest and she welcomes him so it's it kind That's of felt like a gender swamped version of of that with Alec and Marasi and big, then he just big vanished. Male wife energy. He then just vanished from the plot. I'm not even sure if Marasi at all references him. Between the times when he isn't isn't present, when he pops up at the start and the end, she, like, she I'm does. not sure if he. She sends okay, a letter to him. She or she sends a like oh, a, yeah. a radio transmission to him like yeah. twice, and maybe thinks about him once. Oh, and that yeah, was a problem think, for me too. I was I was oh. dis- distracting that, and then yeah. So Alec is just a non-entity in this book, <laughs> uh, and then the the Southern Skadrians like this Admiral Dahl gets this whole massive introduction when there's just an entire chapter dedicated to Wax going to visit his ship. And then it turns out that Dal isn't actually the Lost Metal character. He's Mistborn Era 3 character just popped in to say hello briefly and set up the set up era free it is it is really weird that the start of the book is like oh the southerners there's something gonna happen and then it's just like the whole stuff with the bands and it's just like that, that that's the plot line in my review that just like went nowhere because <laughs> it's just like yeah, no. yeah, the, <laughs> to era three bands, i mean it's not nowhere it's going to era three i get that but the bands of mourning were just so it was so blatant that there was just this MacGuffin that we really needed to take out of the picture so the plot could happen <laughs> like, okay go that way so the book could happen yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah it's a bit disappointing that the whole like Southern Skadrian side of the plot with Steris and Alec and this Admiral Dahl wound up being what looks for now like just a whole bunch of setup for Era 3. I agree with you on the um, the Southern Skadrian stuff. I'm going to push back on the Alec a bit. I, I agree. I wish he was 
in it more as a character. I think Marasi, though, does think and reference him an appropriate amount, especially when you realize most of this book takes place within 24 hours. Like, oh, yeah, from part three, I think onward, no one goes to sleep. Oh, uh, yeah, it feels like they arrived in Bilming and like the book ends the same day that they arrive in Bilming. Yeah, like that's what it feels well, like. Well, and Marassi talks about like getting back on the train. Yeah. So like I thought she thought about him like an appropriate amount. And I liked the little. Him being her like little house husband, I was like, this is so domestic and cute. It's free. Um, but I yeah, obviously I would have been down for more a leak. Yeah, I, I think I for, forgot about like the radio message and such because the the yeah. scene then immediately jumped to like him uh, and moonlight, and so yeah. uh, it kind of took over my attention. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, for sure. There's a lot going on in the book. I think that is okay, and uh, some of us have read the book a few times, so that's okay. I have, I have got to disagree with you, Matt. I'm sorry. I don't think there was enough, Ali. Like. Yeah, it only took place in a a very short period of time. But still, if you've dated someone for what, like four years that they've been dating and before that they were flirting or something like that, like you think about them in just offhanded ways, I feel like. I mean, I, OK, I've never dated anyone for that <laughs> long, but when I have been dating, some, when I have been dating people, I think about them. I'm like oh, she would totally like this, or oh, this person would would enjoy this, or I wish that they were here to say this thing. Marase had that moment with Wayne. She didn't have that moment with Alec, really, ever. She thought about him specifically when she was communicating to get him safe and out of the city, which was good. And there was, like, one other time I think she she said to Wax, I think, that she wished he was here to talk to him and so she could have his his baked goods or chocolate which totally fair that was that's great i love that they have that um but it 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 didn't feel to me like like it's only in a day but that's still a lot of words in the book that marisa gets from her perspective and i felt like there could have been just like even just a couple more offhanded thoughts that she has about him that would have made their relationship feel real to me because it it didn't really i was I was surprised by it in the beginning, even with the like small hints of foreshadowing from before. And this is probably something that suffers from the book having a giant time skip at the front. Where it's kind of just like, okay, now this is a relationship. Now this is a relationship. This is a thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. That's probably part of it. But part of it for me, I think I just was like, it, it was not enough for me. I'm like, Brandon, you can do better than this as a romance writer. I know we all joke about Brandon's romance, but I know that you can do better than this, in my opinion. And I guess for me, I like she thinks about a leak like books don't show like what was communicated was enough for me to fill in the blanks to say she is thinking about a leak at other times. Sure. In similar veins. And Brandon only needed to like communicate that like I kind of just surmise, oh, she's going to have similar thoughts about, you know, like she references when someone asks her, I think if she's like happy with her life, she talks, thinks about her career and she thinks about her time with a league. It, it was enough for me to communicate that he, he was on her mind, even if it wasn't made explicit at other points. But when you're fair having enough. a very stressful uh, day, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, it 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 feel it feels a bit appropriate uh, to to me that it's like I need to deal with uh, the end of the world right now. <laughs> like I, I and I'm here to try and stop that, so that's kind of my main focus right now. And no, definitely. Especially once the significant other is safe. It's yeah, like yeah, okay, yeah, right, this person right, exactly. is safe, so I can stop. Like that's one less thing for me to like stress about. Yeah, and. And, and I feel like a piece of this also is, you know, Marcy is a well-trained and experienced constable. She knows how to compartmentalize her brain mm, that's true. in order to deal that. with the crisis at hand. So I, I think it makes sense, given who Marcy is and what she's doing with her life, that she's not spending a whole lot of time thinking about him other than getting him safe so that she can focus. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I definitely don't expect her to like think a lot about him. It just felt like he wasn't really there, I guess. Yeah. And then and then the side thought about Wayne too makes sense because she is used to Wayne being with her in these sorts of circumstances and that yeah. is that that is an expectation of oh right, he's not here right now. Yes. I, I was not comparing the two situations, like saying yeah. she had a romantic thing for Wayne. That's not oh, what yeah. I was saying. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you know oh, what no. I'm saying? But, like, I, I, I do think you, you have a point that uh, obviously there's not a lot of depth to Marassi and uh, Alik's relationship. No. And, like, that that's true. Uh, like, th- this book has so much to do. Uh, yeah. And... And there and there's a lot to do here. Speak, speaking of, I, I do just want to make a, a quick comment. I, I realize that we're kind of getting into the weeds of like complaining uh, or just like ha- having issues. Like, again, we like the book, uh, but I just mm-hmm. just wanted to say that you can like something and also have issues with it. And uh, some YouTube comments, I I don't think understand that and that's you can have a little nuance uh i don't know i didn't find it was a 10 out of 10 if and if you found it was a 10 out of 10 that's awesome okay Mm -hmm. i want to make that super clear uh you you can both like something and listen to other people maybe have issues and and also if you like something and also have different issues that's cool too Put your issues and things you like below. We do need to get to some things that we like as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm going to say, I know a lot of us were, were sad to see Marisi turn down joining the Ghost Bloods, but Ooh, I am so proud of my girl for for having the, the, the char- strength of character to know that she is not okay with those stipulations and to be able to turn something like that down. My God, she's amazing. I, like, I have to say, I am so glad she didn't join the Ghost Bloods. I was dreading her joining the Ghost Bloods the whole book. So when she finally was like, no, I was so glad that that didn't happen. I mean, I wanted to see her do it just because I wanted to dig more into their secrets and, and see more. But also, and you know, I see how tempting it was for her and then how difficult it was for her to reconcile their their rules with the way she feels like she needs to live her life and i'm like yes you go girl you stick to your principles i i really love that too um i like that like me as 
Matt, who likes Cosmere books, obviously would have loved for one of my favorite characters to join the Ghost Bloods. Like, that's a fun concept. Um, but in terms of like in character, I thought it was played out really well with her. Well, because her struggle in the first book, right, is she reads about Wax and puts him on a pedestal and like wants to be like part of the stories, right? And Kelsey is like an even like more extreme example, like being getting the chance to be in Kelsier's crew on Skadriel, like <laughs> that's like so how, <laughs> you know, like that's like a bigger version of the exact thing that Morassi was struggling with, whereas and but all through, like you're seeing these telegraphs of like she likes solving mysteries, but that's not her primary goal of being a constable. She's not a constable because she likes solving mysteries. Um, like she likes helping people and likes making people's lives better. And she actually believes in a lot of like, you know, due process, the law, like that sort of thing, which the ghost bloods are more kind of the ends justify the means, which is and you see that with Marasi all the time when she's like, hey, Wax, we don't need to break that window. We can wait five minutes and try knocking again. You know, like the ghost bloods would absolutely break the window um, unless they had a reason not to. Um, so I liked how her little character moments kind of telegraphed the decision, but it was still made it like very satisfying. And people saying no to Kelsier is fun um, as well. Katie, I know you have thoughts on this. A lot of thoughts. I don't know about a lot of thoughts. I'm proud of Marase for doing it, and I think it was a good decision in character. But I'm also like, man, I would totally have 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 made the bad decision there and gone with them. It might have been absolutely terrible for me. I'm not sure if I would have lasted, but I would have done it. I'm pretty sure I would have done it. Um, I, I even think, if I did think like, yeah, I think Marase yeah. as of Alloy of Law would have done it, but her development mm -hmm. yeah. so you know once you're you get older and wiser i think i think i haven't had my character development yet you're, you're, you're still <laughs> young you're saying <laughs> i'm still you young get you there. need a six-year time jump really you know yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i i am really glad like the golden nuts were felt so weird to me in this book like i liked the individual character like in soul or pramsava is that his name yeah uh, pramsava yeah, he was excellent. Uh, nice to see Shy again. I don't know much about KZ, but I guess she's, she's nice and her nickname is excellent. True. And but at the same time, like whenever they were on screen and like doing their best to recruit Marassi, I couldn't help but think about the other ghost blood we've seen in the Cosmere. And I was like, I don't know how I reconcile, you know, Shy and and pra Prasanva and and so on, and Mraze. I think you get a big difference in Ghost Bloods between who is working directly with Kelsier and who is outside of his direct sphere of influence. Yeah, yeah but and, like, I really don't like Mraze. That's the and thing. And notice, <laughs> um, what's his name who comes up in the end epilogue with mm, Kelsier? Deval, the Deval's uh, brother. It, yeah, is you know what I mean? Yeltel's brother. So if Yeltel is more similar to him, she's the one who trained Mraes. So you can see like the mm -hmm. photocopier getting like darker, yeah, darker <laughs> yeah, and like, darker. You know, 
like, yeah, I think it's a lack of direct supervision. What I really liked about the ghost splits in this book, though, is I was getting a disconnect between how Kelsier ran his crew in Era 1 and how the ghost bloods were being run in Roshar. And this bridged the gap for me. And I was like, okay, like, he's still running the ghost bloods like he ran his crew, more or less. And then you can kind of see, though, he's spinning more plates in his... Like, Kelsier's strength is a tight-knit group. Like, even, like, his crew model in group one he delegated like dealing with other people to like breeze and ham and stuff and then he just dealt with like the central group and so i think that's what we're seeing again is kelsier functions really well with like a small team that he's directly involved with but yeah people like marais who are more free agents are going to be you know, not as influenced by him. They're following the orders and the directives, but like they don't have like it's the integrating them into the proper culture of, yeah. of things. That's hard. The company culture of ghost. The company bloods. culture of the yeah. ghost bloods. Yeah, I guess I I think I would have been more open to the idea of Marassi joining the ghost bloods if we didn't have Mraze doing what he's been doing throughout, especially Rhythm of War, without getting into that book. Yeah, I just I feel like just Mraze's existence reflects poorly on Kelsier. Yeah. I could see Kelsier running the Ghost Bloods the way Mraze acts, and I could see Kelsier running the Ghost Bloods the way we see here in The Lost Metal. I could not quite see him doing both simultaneously. And I don't think he's really running the Ghost Bloods on Roshar. I think that he has deputized Eatil to do it and we saw the way he had to rein in her brother from that and he just hasn't Kelsier always has blind spots when it comes to the people close to him he always has and probably always will and he is trusting someone to run the show on Roshar that maybe he shouldn't be trusting I, I think it's a failure on his like I see Mraze as kind of definitely a failure on Kelsier's part, like an understandable failure in some ways, but definitely I, I agree with what both of you are saying. Katie, did you have uh, didn't you have an issue that we did two books in a row where someone's being recruited in the Ghost Bloods and then they turn them down? Oh, yeah, I guess kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's basically it. These that like, let's recruit someone to the, to the Ghost Bloods and have them stay or just like something break it up a little. Yeah, it is. It is funny how it is back to back Cosmere books just has the exact same issue. I do think in era three, we will see a point of view Ghostblood character like for sure, like of someone who is yeah. in the Ghostbloods. I think Brandon knows this. Uh, I was a bit bummed for Marassi not joining the Ghostbloods because I'm like, but answers, give it to me. Uh, but and it is also the last been great. Book. She would have been great. Yeah. She would have been a character. good influence on Kelsier. That's true. But- yeah. True. But ultimately, it is the last book, right? It would have been weird to have her join the Ghost Bloods and was like, wait, we don't see that on screen. Like, that would have also kind of been a bummer, yeah. right? So, like, having maybe someone in Mistborn Era 3, book one, join the Ghost Bloods and we get to spend time with them in the Ghost Bloods <laughs> and see, like, how this works and some interesting things going on with Kelsier and stuff and, like, explore that. Like, that that couldn't have been this book. So, that, that makes sense. But. Yeah. It is just I, funny how it's back-to-back books of, nah, I don't I want do to like join how, your crew. Yeah, 
I do like how she became the governor. I think that was a good end to her arc. That wasn't just her kind of staying in the same place that she's always been. That she goes to ambassador and then governor, and she is going to help change the world in bigger ways. She, and, she's planning to run for yeah, governor, planning, right? Yeah, plan, yeah. Planning. I mean, she we, we know she'll win. win. She'll yeah. win 100%. Yeah, sure. And I like how they left things open enough with the ghost bloods that just because she didn't join doesn't mean that they won't keep in some level of contact with her throughout her career because she is a valuable contact when it comes to getting things done. And yeah. while she couldn't see her way through to joining them, I could see her being willing to work with them on occasion when it is for the good of the planet. She yeah. didn't say that. She was like, yeah. I'll work with you again if, if you're willing to offer your mm -hmm. help. So are we expecting elderly Governor Marasi in our yes. face? Oh, that oh, would be delightful. I want like 80-year-old elderly Marasi and it's just like, we need help <laughs> from the lady governor or something. Yeah. Uh, and and we get like grandma Marasi. She's got a gun. She she's a little <laughs> old tiny for the modern era, but she is ready to go and amazing. Let me call up some friends to give us a hand. I know yeah. a guy. He's yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, it, you know, that reminds me how much in this book I loved Mistborn Era 1 callbacks. And like when I was writing my top 10, I was like, oh, a lot of these are like Era 1 callbacks or Cosmere things. It was a bit harder for me to get Era 2 things on there. Like I'm, I'm pleased with that. But like I, I think a lot about the Era 1 stuff, like when Mar shows up, Hell yeah. Amazing. Uh, when Kelsier shows up and you're in the Ghost Blood HQ, like, oh, we're doing this now. OK, cool. Uh, and so it would be cool in era three. To have like callbacks to era two and like feel that yeah. same sense of fondness and things. Uh, I, I think don't, that will happen. I think that will happen. Yeah. That's going to be Mistborn's whole thing. Right. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that was actually one of the not fail like I thought the Wax and Wayne stuff was like written well, but I think one of the things is it was kind of playing on nostalgia for Wax and Wayne in Alloy of Law, like the book one. And personally, I don't I think if someone was nostalgic for Wax and Wayne in Alloy of Law, that would have been really impactful. So I was appreciating it was well done, but I was like, but I Alloy of Law was my least favorite in the in the quartet. So. I saw some YouTube comments where there where people were pairing shadows and bands below Lost Metal and Alloy. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, yeah, I would definitely put Alloy and Lost Metal below shadows and bands personally. But uh, I yeah, I, I think that's a good point that like, yeah, if you really liked Alloy, then you you get a lot more of that. And Brandon talked about that. At, uh, yeah. At the con, which, yeah, like it's a bookend, like there's going to be callbacks to the first mm -hmm. book. But yeah, no, I I loved the air, even like Wax's ascent through the Shaw really mirrored Finn's ascent through Keep Hasting in uh, to attack set in Well of Ascension. Like there, yeah, even some of the visual stuff, it's it's pretty unlike Siege of Luthadel, but uh sending to wax mm -hmm. there uh, going up the spire oh so good yeah so good i really 
I really liked that moment. Normally, I don't like pure action scenes, but I liked that one because of the way it was written. I'm very much a prose person. If the prose is good, I will often like it. I liked the way that it was written. It felt very poetic. It felt very, you felt yourself getting pushed along with wax and this just inoxorable, inevitable movement upward as he did what he knew he had to do. And then that moment at the end where he's feeling things about it and he's like, I can't believe this. It, you you don't understand what this is like. And says it's just like, boy, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Um, well, actually, <laughs> that, though. Sequence, no, he, yeah, but he doesn't that, say it. He just plops it into his head with no words. I love that moment so much as well. It's It's such a good moment. It's so good. One of my favorite pieces of that whole sequence, too, is at the end where Wayne's like, no, nah, let's these the, the, the guys below. They were ready. But these ones, these are just some dudes. Let's give them a chance. And every life on that level is saved because of what <laughs> Wayne did. That's such a great Wayne moment. Like there's there were mm -hmm. a lot of really good Wayne moments. And also his humor did really land for me quite well in this book, actually. Uh, yeah, better, but like yeah. that, that was a fantastic Wayne uh, moment there. It's like, you know, Wax, we don't got to do that. They, they, they don't, they don't want to fight. They, they saw what happened. They don't want to die like that. <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I think I mentioned this a few times on Discord, at least, that I have not actually read Well of Ascension, Hero of Ages, so I didn't have this comparison. But the, the whole sequence really reminded me I don't know, have you watched uh, Raid, the movie? Okay, so, or Judge Dredd, that's the same premise, basically. Oh. It's the, so Raid is about a group of policemen who have to raid the title, skysc a skyscraper, and the, the whole book, the whole movie is basically this scene from the book, uh, just extended to 90 minutes. And it's, a, it's an excellent movie, if you haven't watched it, I recommend it. If you like that scene from I lost metal watch raid because <laughs> this i had throughout this entire sequence i had music from raid playing in my head just on a loop hello did you say you haven't read well of ascension and hero of ages i said this before yes i have not because okay so i read the final empire i read the final empire and then i accidentally spoiled myself on the fact that vin and ellen die oh. so i was so i was like Oh, I don't want to read about people who I know are going oh, to die. Oh, wow. I, you oh. know, I actually didn't know about this, I don't think. So, yeah. and then years later, when I actually got into the fandom through Way of Kings, I just kind of casually read all the Mistborn spoilers, so since I just haven't felt the need to read it. <laughs> <laughs> okay! All well, right. I would wow. say they're all good right. books, and I recommend them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. As someone who but has reread them several times, obviously knowing everything, uh, they, do they hold up pretty good, even if you know what, what I happens. I could expect but... that this community would recommend reading a Sanderson book. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, guys, we like Brandon Sanderson books. We really do. We wouldn't be having three reaction shows if we didn't. Come on, guys. Another thing that I liked, liked. if we're talking about things that I liked. Let's do it. Um, at the end, uh, with like at the Shaw and at on the boat after that, um, just in general, Sazed being there and talking to them and seeming like just as much of a part of the conversation and and uh, a solid character there as they were, 
interacting with all that i really liked that because i really like him and i like seeing him and so instead of him being the character that you occasionally have a conversation with and he tells you things to do and maybe intro drops a little having him instead like be there having conversations with them through that whole whole scene and and especially with wayne at the end but also with with the both of them together and and with wax calling him says it as well I really liked all of that. I liked the interplay of him being a character. And and as well in the epilogue with Kelsier, I I liked him being more present in that way. Yeah. Have, oh. Having more says that was was great. I really liked there was a comparison where they set like Marsh, Sezed, and Kelsier. Oh, yeah, the kind of mm-hmm. as a yeah. little like Trinity. Yep. And I I really liked uh that moment um i i want to see marsh interact with uh say yeah, well, yeah. i, I want to see all three of them interact because i find it very interesting that that marsh wasn't there at the end and says was just like oh yeah your brother's gonna live and it's like where is marsh he's not telling you this himself do you guys talk like yeah. hey I mean, i'm gonna, gonna survive i'm gonna oh, survive dear. actually no, but Seiza delivers this information. I was like, where where are you? Seiza's a you very doing? good postman. Kelsey and Marsh were never good at talking to each I other. Mean, that's though. true. That is true. <laughs> never. Um, and I well, and I, I think like even like with Seizad being ruined and pre- like harmony flash discord. Um, <laughs> then having like I've always said like I love Kelsier and Kelsier and Marsh's dynamic on that spectrum as well, because Kelsier is traditionally more aligned with preservation as like the archetypal misborn, and Marsh is like the archetypal inquisitor um, of ruin. But Marsh's actions are more in line with preservation often, whereas Kelsier tends to do more ruiny stuff. So there's just a lot of fun, and so the fact that the three of them are kind of like a their own little pantheon on Scadriel is is kind of cool with like god and demigods is kind of how I started yeah 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 thinking about of, them a little bit much. yeah that that epilogue scene though Kelsier and Harmony I mean you, we've we've seen that Harmony is barely holding his his stuff together <laughs> you know he's it, he's very very worried and yet in that epilogue he does not admit any of that Kelsier and I'm sitting here going I, I've seen people you know going on about how but you just lied to him you said have I ever lied to you like you lied to him in secret history you just lied to him two two and a half minutes ago what's going on here and I'm reading it differently because I'm looking at this going Bayzid knows Kelsier and knows the best way to get Kelsier to do stuff is to make him not realize you want him to do the thing. <laughs> and hmm. interesting. I, I feel like some of this is a part of it. Maybe says it's prescience going. I need Kelsier to be in a specific state of mind for when I do go off the rails because we know he's going to. I and I wonder if he is saying the things that he thinks Kelsier needs to hear in order to be suspicious enough to keep an eye on him. I don't know if Sazed has that much self-awareness about this Dark Shadow, I gotta be honest. It's unclear. But, but there are certain things that he was outright admitting to Wax That's that true. he flat out lied to with Kelsier. That's true. 
and you're like, wait a second, these don't jive. So that tells me that Sezid is up to something there. He's he's trying to do something with Kelsey or to get Kelsey or to do something specific. And we all know Kelsier, and we know that as a vessel, says it has a certain amount of future sight, and it could very well be that, well, if I were to just level with him, he would relax. And that's a problem. I need him to not be relaxed. Interesting theory. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> is my theory, and I'm sticking to it, and I can see Eric doesn't agree, and this will be a fun few years while I slowly wait to be proved right. <laughs> I, look, I, I just don't think I think Sazed knows Kelsier is dangerous and doesn't want to admit it's like clearly Lorassium was made. <laughs> We're just like immediately lying. <laughs> but like that, that's the subtext that like Kelsier knows that when Sazed says, have I ever lied to you? Kelsier's like, yeah, like all the time since you've been gone. <laughs> like, I feel like they've mm. been through this, but maybe Sazed from his perspective, it's like, well, I mean, I didn't lie. I, I you know, I, or, I just have a very slanted point of view about this. I, I, I think said takes the information he discloses very seriously because he's very scared of influencing things. So I think part of his like lying and obfuscation or or like lies of omission is because he thinks he knows too much and doesn't want you, you know what i mean like i think part of his whole mo of being like not too interventionist is uh yeah but i no, do I, think that there is at least i think he he may not necessarily know about the discord shadow but he knows he is in trouble because he has so much difficulty acting and you know he's he's cautious about kelsier but also kelsier is in a position to do things he can't so he's trying to balance that stay tuned for our podcast next week uh, uh this this coming weekend on harmony and discord where we talk yeah all sorts of mm-hmm. uh, things about this. Uh, <laughs> and well since we're talking a little bit about kelsier and we talked about morassi before one thing i'll say as a callback to arrow one as well is kelsier letting morassi go proves what he was telling Vin in book one, because in book one, he kind of introduces Vin to the crew and then it's like, yeah, no, you can you can walk away if you want. Like, we're not going to, like, kill you or whatever. And she, like, learns to believe him. But at the time, she doesn't really believe him. So that was a nice touch to be like, oh, yeah, like this is him, like, actually practicing what he's like. Preached mm-hmm. all along. So, like- he he clearly didn't like it, but he let her go. Yeah. Yeah. So with with Harmony though, there's Discord is near. And uh dun, dun. Capital D. I pretend I do I pretend I do not see it. Why's that? <laughs> it's so good. No, I don't want it to happen. Don't happen. No, Why? no Discord. Not allowed. I don't like it. I don't even have very, I don't have very formulated reasons for why I don't like it. I just don't like it. You don't want Seiza to be evil? I don't want Seiza to be evil. <laughs> I'm, okay if, I'm okay if he suffers. I don't want him to be evil because I like him. I mean, just because he goes Discord doesn't mean he's going to be outright evil. Yeah. Uh, it could just mean him sure. embracing the idea that 
the planet needs some strife in order to develop quickly enough in order to defend themselves against autonomy. Which people is are gonna true. people are gonna see him as evil. I feel yeah, like yes, but the, but remember the prophecy: they will love him for it. Yeah, yeah, they they will love him for it. His name shall be discord, but they shall love him for it. Isn't this the same the prophecy that Ruin messed up? Well, so here's the, the thing: there are totally things in. We got to do eventually a Terrace prophecies episode because the question of how much of this is reliable is a good question and how like mm-hmm. preservation gave it to people but from a writerly perspective when you have that epigraph in final empire be introduced the chapter Sazed is introduced hmm i feel like brandon might know something here i i, I don't feel that's a coincidence <laughs> i don't know man what does brandon know and like <laughs> ruin was like editing things for a specific purpose not like necessarily like long-term purpose like he he like he, they were very short-term edits like i don't, I don't know if he mm-hmm. would have edited yeah this about discord but like it, it, it you are right well, like it is fallible for sure the, the the way i see it and i i mentioned this on our predictions podcast like shardic future site it's looking at like a bunch of different um possibilities right so i think more than one thing can be true in prophecy at once so i think there's a version of this prophecy with harmony and a version of this prophecy with discord and both are possible and i think if ruin messed with it ruin's going to prefer the version with discord potentially that's actually probably true Um, yeah that's a good point so I'm wondering if like that's it. Like it's not that it's not true. It is true. It's just ruins picking the option that best serves ruin. <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering with Discord, because I am I have this personal theory that era two is foreshadowing a bunch of stuff for all the subsequent eras of Mistborn. And I kind of want to get into this, my grand prophecy theory later. Oh, okay. Theory later, but the, the part of it, I was thinking, uh, the part of it I was thinking, because I know Brand, we know Brandon has been warming up to the idea of writing cyberpunk Mistborn. Mm-hmm. Right? So cyberpunk being a genre that is, um, let's say, near and dear to my heart in a way. <laughs> Uh, the the theme the major like setting of cyberpunk what part of one of the things that make it work is that it's taking place in a world that is in an oppressive status quo that's sliding towards destruction as you know the the cyberpunk story is corporate dystopia climate going whack the rich over exploiting the poor etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's a preserved state that's sliding towards ruin so <laughs> I f- my like guess prediction based on the lost metal for the cyberpunk Mistborn is that we will see this sort of terminal state of harmony where the state of the world, the cyberpunk world kind of reflects the fact that this unbalanced shard is kind of sliding down towards ruin and just not working out. And I think maybe in this case, the change to this from Harmony to Discord could be a good and beneficial thing. 
like instead of this withering status quo of cyberpunk dystopia, we get Discord and we get CZ kicking all the kids out into space to go and start afresh. I do think the so switch think, is going to happen in Era 3, though, right? I think Era 3 will start with the skate runs already out in space. Mm, like, no, I don't think... It's 1980s sorry, era. Sorry, Era. Uh, oh, I missed that number of eras. I think oh. Era 4, the, the final one. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that one there is space. Space. Yeah, that's Space Age End of the Cosmere. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're thinking third trilogy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's confusing. Yeah, I think Era 3, the 80s one, I think that's where we are going to see uh, the switch. And I think we're going to see a lot of Kelsier versus Seisad. I think that book, this book is really setting that up, right? I, I just really feel like Cyberpunk is a more suitable setting for like the way Harmony can go bad. <laughs> Just because of just how this, this sort of cyberpunk world is usually designed. Yeah, I just. Yes, he is warming up to potentially writing one, but like, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, th I think it's got to happen in Era 3. I see what you're saying. I think there's Thematically, a point yeah. to the, the genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I could see him doing the cyberpunk era with a co-author. Here's the thing. I want. Kelsier, I want Seizad to become Discord in Air 3, and I want Kelsier to personally murder Seizad. That's what I want. Yeah, that's my take. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I want. on darkness here, yes, man. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I actually have even more takes that you'll have to wait till the, our Kelsier episode after we talk yeah. about Ghost Bloods. Uh, Katie is not happy with you right now. No, no, no. It's like, it's it, it, it'll be like, oh, great job say zed you're finally acting and then like maybe maybe that like solves some problems right but then it's like oh you're kind of like not balanced like you're you're kind of really oscillating between ruin and preservation a lot and that's i i have to kill you for the good of skadriel and and we're gonna see it in kelsier's pov i see that matt i see that face uh, and I, I want Kelsier to personally kill Seizad. And then when Dis Discord's dead, we use the dead shard to power the spaceships in Era 4. Easy. Nailed it. I hate nice. to burst your murderous bubble here, yeah, but uh -huh. we do have, a, <laughs> we do have a, a wob where Brandon gives us a line from Seizad from Era. Uh, from the space age cosmere so i think wait, 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 which, which, which one's this is that the it is yours one where it's yeah, the, it is yours that's one. era three that's not space is it age. era three i'm no it's like I, Mistborn, I think... uh, eight or nine it's not era it, it's an era three quote yeah i think it was called like era three but in the time before era two no no existed. No, it, no it was because it was at shadows of self-release it, it was yeah no i was there it, it, that was not an era for, for quote. Sorry. He remembers. I do. I was there. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was abs. It, it was. It, it's gonna be like book two or three of era three. Uh, like it, it's yeah. kind. It's kind of weird because lost metal and like this is Mistborn seven. So it, it's kind of yeah. a little weird in that sense. But he could still. He could still die. He could still die. Look. I I just want people to suffer. I want people to suffer, and how much <laughs> suffering would Kelsier feel that he personally has to kill his friend? Who, but then uh, they can't keep suffering if they're dead. 
Yeah, but then we get to see. Well, well, Kelsier will still suffer, but yeah, yeah, Sazed will be dead. Yeah, right. It's so I good. Need this as like a, it's so I need good. This as like a sound bite that we can reuse. Just <laughs> Cliff is saying, I just want people to suffer. <laughs> I just want people to suffer. Really does. Look, it, it's it makes for great storytelling. I'm a little sad. Waxed and shoot Steris. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. I'm not serious. I'm not serious <laughs> about that. I'm just saying it would have really. Wax didn't have a lot of character development, so you know, <laughs> it's a joke. Um, I'm, I'm I'm not yeah, serious yeah. about this at all. Asteris, though, Asteris was MVP back in Elendil, and Asteris yeah. yeah. was amazing. She was great. Asteris yeah. was shafted in this book. Yeah, let's More, talk about that. There was not enough of her. She didn't. Mm. Yeah, she was. She was good. What we got was great, but it was not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and. I, I never get enough Steris. Yeah, I agree. Like the thing is, like Steris isn't the main character, and, yeah. and I agree with you. I, I want more Steris, but like, I, like I kind of went into this book like I would have loved a book that was primarily Marasi and Steris. Um, so I was very happy with the amount of Marasi, and then with Steris, I kind of just had to say it's the last Wax and Wayne book. He's gonna give the people Wax and Wayne. Like they're on the cover. <laughs> they are in the cover history. That's a good Steris has, has, has never yeah, gotten true. a huge amount of points of view, so I think we got more of them in this book than we had before. Way more. And way more POVs Did, too. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely fair to want more of her because mm-hmm. she's like yeah. and she's like a pretty fan favorite mm-hmm. character. Like I feel like I kind of wonder like her. I kind of see similar almost to Adolin. Like Brandon has said before, he didn't really have super big plans for Adolin originally. And then it, his role has kind of like expanded over time. And I kind of wonder if Steris is, is similar. Um, yeah. Especially also... knowing that Alloy of Law was originally a standalone. Like. <laughs> yeah. Was it though? <laughs> that 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 <laughs> ending <laughs> promise sequels, Brandon. Come on. Yes, Katie. I also I I think what we did get of Steris was very good autistic and neurodivergent rep- uh, bleh, representation. That's the word I'm going for. Yeah. I, I I thought that was very good. I found parts of it very relatable. Parts of it not so much. But I I thought that was done well, and I appreciate Brandon trying to do that better. After Elantris and Adian. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys catch the Adian reference, though, in this mm-hmm. book? That's right. That's right. I wish yes. my brother were here. Yeah. Man, he can do this. Ah, code names. So good. She was great. She was great. Can I, I just say these ghost bloods? They're nicknames are hilarious hilarious because so names are twins, stupid so, yeah <laughs> twin soul who's like just very literal like yeah. oh like you know i got to you know code names are stupid from like the team linguist <laughs> i thought like because her whole thing is she like learns like mm-hmm. nasty remarks that she has an accent because she code names case mm-hmm. actually learns the new language she doesn't mm-hmm. use connection right. tricks and then she, Shy has the audacity 
to make her code name Moonlight on a planet without a moon. No moon on Skadriel. <laughs> Amazing. Honestly, and I think that was also partly a dig at Hoyd because she's been keeping yeah. an eye on him and she's like, yeah, you, I know you stole that moon scepter and yeah. you got me into trouble, oh, man. Oh, yeah, it could be a moon that scepter reference. That is just like reference. 100% yeah. like, yeah, I'm here. I didn't get, I didn't stay caught. Ha ha yeah. ha. Also, the part, I want a Hoyd POV when he's driving one of the like in the convoy, Hoyd's driving one of the cars and Moonlight's in one of the other cars. <laughs> like that yeah. part, I was like, they're so close together. I know. I know. I, I, I would have loved to see those point of view. And they're just sending stink eyes like I see you. It's like, yeah, I see you, too. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when Shy's like, the reason I joined the Ghost Bloods is Kelsier and I have a common enemy. Well, we're like, oh, <laughs> if, if, if you think about it, though, this is very interesting because Kelsier hates Hoyd and mm-hmm. Hoyd is friends with Harmony. I imagine Kelsier doesn't like that. And there's a lot of references in the book of the Ghost Bloods like, yeah, no, Kelsier does not like people involved with Harmony and stuff. And I feel like. We're we're setting we're setting things up for a future of Kelsier on a bridge of a starship and Hoyd on the bridge of another starship and they are fighting and that is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also wondering if maybe one of the subplots in Era Three is uh, Kelsier trying to bring in Shy <laughs> to, to get her deelantricized. Yeah, I don't know what's going that, on. With that, that comment yeah. on how difficult it's going to be to get her back. I'm like, oh, that's got to be an on screen thing. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that'll be, I think that'll be dealt with by Era 3. My thought was if Brandon ever wants to write another like Mistborn novella. Ooh, um, Secret History 2. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Secret History 2 has got to be Marsh stuff and creating the bands and stuff. It can't be shy. shy that, that'd be something else. Well, that's me. That's me. Free. Just something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Secret history free. <laughs> I, or I, w- I was thinking like, um, like how he did the novellas for the Meg, like the Gemmel story, and oh, like, yeah. the, okay. like something like that. I think you could do a short like, although like the shy stuff too. Like I'm still a little confused. So are they saying that like as an Elantrian? Because normally her essence marks wear off, even her yeah. like permanent ones. She has to program into it the need to restamp in order for mm-hmm. it to be yeah. permanent. So is she saying that because she's an Elantrian, the stamp becomes self-sustaining using the door? I, I think as long as her supply of door lasts, the stamp might stick. Gotcha. That's very interesting. It seems that like forgery has gone on because like, in Emperor's soul, she wouldn't have those essence marks where I could just shove it into this wall and it opens a hole, right? Like so, like there, there's been advancements, right? Yeah, there's been advance. Yeah, I, I just found it interesting. Well, because like it was just interesting to me because she seemed hesitant to use it specifically because of its permanence. Mm. When the ones we saw before weren't permanent, so it made me think that it must think, be a unique thing when- about the Elantrian. I think when you are fueling a soul stamp with a hunk of shiny door, some th- weird things happen. Yeah. And as long as that supply of investiture lasts, I think the stamp will stick. Yeah. And as an Elantrian, she can potentially easily 
continue to be supplied, right? Because she can. If she gets back to it, uh, I mean, she she can't get back to sell. We know that because what are the the coordinates that Marasi gave her to? That was for her to teleport out so that she would teleport somewhere safe. No, but where? I don't know. Out of the building and compound that they were in, I guess. So interesting. Yeah, I don't know exactly, but I I assume that was somewhere that a location that Shy had set up to that was a safe place for her to to jump to that she wouldn't, you know, like, yeah, materialize in stone or something. Also fun, though, about that was getting to see an Elantrian in their full glory, which we don't get to see much of. Matt, did we, though? Did we, though? I I was actually kind of disappointed. I I I didn't love it. Like, because we just don't see any of it on screen. We're just like, hey, I'm hello. I am Shay and I am an Elantrian and uh, you got to get out of here and I'm going to do other stuff. I'm like, all right, cool, I guess. Like, what? I I guess we got to see an Elantrian's attitude, like, like, Mm -hmm. like culturally, like we didn't get to see her in action per se, but like the only Elantrians we see in Elantris are like ones who are hoed right and then become so well, like i that's what it's called right i, I would say yeah. hoed not toed personally hoed i actually i actually i don't think that would be uh an elantrian's kind of natural personality i think it might be for some but i i almost Maybe this is just wishful thinking because I don't like it. I don't like her when she's like that. I I don't like it and I don't want other Elantrians to act like that. Maybe they used to act like that and now Rayodin will kind of like, like this is a whole new crop, basically. So maybe it'll be different now. It was I, annoying. I wish that she got it only, wrong. Yeah. She, she only got with, pretty, to, with what, what she knows. So yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she Elantris- wanted one is pretty far back in the timeline yeah. though so like and i'm like if you're an elantrian in that culture like i think you're gonna get a god comp- complex I mean, that's probably no true. matter what raiden's best intentions are it's just so funny how a i do think the essence marks are actually more confusing if you've read uh emperor's soul like it, emperor's yeah. soul doesn't make shy's magic more clear it actually is like wait what happened here <laughs> uh and two <laughs> how much I prefer Twin Soul becoming the giant rock monster as opposed to Shy becoming an Elantrian. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought it should have felt cooler, and it wasn't. And I think a lot of it was Shy's Elantrian attitude. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. I, ooh I really don't like you immediately. And... I thought it was hilarious. But <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was really funny. Okay. I, I, really, yeah. I really enjoyed the... Interesting. It, it was very Katie. funny, though. I... I am somewhat like now that I'm thinking about it more, shouldn't she be like near powerless because she's like literally light years away from Elantris? Well, that was that supply map. of door. That's so what she had used the jar for. They, they did yeah. the thing with the map, I think. And she so does that mean that the moment she runs out, the, the soul stamp will make her go hoi, hoid? Um, well, I or think it, the stamp or she just would reverts just, back to herself. Yeah, I think just yeah. uh, the. Oh, okay. The stamp would just because, fail. So, so yeah, then she'd go back. I, I, you know, maybe it would go void for, you know, a little while, but eventually the stamp runs out because soul, it, 
uh, soul forgery is as much an investiture art as anything, and it still needs power to draw on. Right, right. But yeah, I think like I found the the whole shayi, however you pronounce it, uh, scene very funny. It wasn't obviously it wasn't as epic as uh, Prasanva Twinsoul. I keep trying to use his like real name. Prasanva, Prasanva going like short prefer mech because it's mech it's cool and also it builds up more on what was already established that he could do like doing structures with is kind of prasanva's whole like thing so of course a lot of fuel we're set let's go yeah i'm not a mech person i I don't know am i the only person here who like (laughs) i i could take a mech or leave it but i did like the twin soul it's Interesting what Brandon, in terms of having the gloves off, Cosmere-wise, is doing Mm -hmm. with Moonlight and Twin Soul. Actually, they make an interesting parallel because in Twin Soul, he's introducing us to a concept from a book we haven't read that hasn't come out yet, an off-world concept. Yep. And in Moonlight, Shy, we're getting a bunch of allusions to Elantris and Emperor's Soul. And so I think it really is a good example of how just because he's doing Cosmere gloves off doesn't necessarily mean people need to get super hung up about reading order or like, like I don't yeah. think Elantris or Emperor's soul is required reading. I don't necessarily think so. before this. Book. Not at all. Not at all. Um, any yeah. more than like, I'm assuming we're going to eventually get some sort of book regarding wherever twin soul is from. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. obviously that's not required reading. Uh, <laughs> Go to the future. Get, read yeah. that book, then come yeah. back to this book. The book, this book has enough information to understand what's going on. And there's no necessary requirement for having read other things before it to be able to get enough out of it to follow the story and have it make sense. Yeah, that- And I can't think of a way that this book would have interfered with my ability to enjoy Elantris or Emperor's Soul. If I had read The Lost Metal first, because that's the reverse like, oh, issue sure, with right. reading order, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. you're not just concerned about understanding this book. You're concerned is, oh, is this book going to ruin other books for me? Yeah. And I don't think the references are to the extent that that would happen. Yeah, I think like the only thing that could possibly spoil is the fact that Shai survives the Emperor's soul. Sure. Yeah. Which, you know. And that, that's not, not a huge exactly. stretch, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, like like protagonists living, like, yeah, okay, whatever. I had a very interesting experience because I was chatting a lot with Murphy Napier as she was reading The Lost Metal. And she, like, she she loves the Cosmere and stuff, but she is not in the Cosmere like we're in the Cosmere, right? Right. And so, like, she's reading part one, like I alluded. I mean, it's it's in my review, right, that uh, there's a lot of Cosmere stuff, right? And so she's reading the scene where wax is splitting the harmonium and stuff and she's like oh i i i feel like i had to read that a bunch of times i'm like murphy just have fun with it just like it like it'll be fine and she hasn't read emperor's soul and she thought the book was totally fine she she likes the book more than me uh so like it's not a confusing thing and what she did the next day is oh i'll go just go read emperor's soul like, that's what she did. That's a cool aspect. And so she had no issues with that, not reading Emperor's mm-hmm. Soul. And so I think it's very interesting 
how the Cosmere stuff is working. I, I, I really don't think people need to be a uh, reading order purist like Jess read Words of Radiance uh, before Warbreaker. And I think people mm-hmm. would generally agree. Oh, read re- Warbreaker before Stormlight. But it's like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more than the reading order part, I think it's more just Kelsier as the leader of the Ghostbloods that like that, like the this spoils a thing in Rhythm of War and Rhythm of War, not spoils, but like the publication order aspect is weird. Like no one 10 years from now is going to read it in publication order. I don't think, right? Like you're going to read all five Stormlight uh, yeah. first half or all of Era 2 together, right? So like that's kind of weird and clunky, but like it works separately and is complementary, maybe. But it is that that's a little weird, but eh. Like it, it's one of the things like, do you read secret history and then bands? Yeah. Yes. Or bands and then secret history? Because they kind of spoil elements of each other. And I think it can be satisfying mm-hmm. both ways. It's just you gotta pick one the, and, and um, like secret history you'll probably get more what's happening if you read it right after hero one but at the other hand like it does spoil this aspect of bands of morning right so yeah yeah it's, it's a discussion that i've seen hashed over and over and usually i will approach it from the what is the reader's preference when it comes to spoilers if you are very spoiler averse read bands before secret history yeah because that is the harder hitting reveal yeah. But if you don't care, then just read Secret History whenever you want. Yeah. My my mom read I, Secret History way too late after reading Era One, and she was very confused. So like I definitely yeah. think there's an argument to reading it after Era One. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of what's it's fun certainly about, what I do in a reread. A lot of what's fun about Secret History is the the overlap. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, like, since I've already confessed to my sin of not reading the latter era, <laughs> era one books, uh-huh. I read Secret History, like, when it was published. So, yeah. bef- I think before Bands of Morning, was it? That must have been a trip. It was right after Bands of Morning. It, Bands it was, of Morning was, came up. I think it was simultaneous, it was like, actually. It was, like yeah, it was, yeah, it was either after or simultaneous. It, it was, oh, here's Bands of Morning. And there's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't, so I, I don't remember the order in which I read it. I just... I will say, as someone who has, again, not read past the Final Empire, I did not actually find Secret History confusing at all. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah like the, the, Cosmere, the Cosmere plot was enough to carry it for me. Yeah. 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 I mean, you get the, enough and, you know, the knowledge of, of who died. Yeah. yeah, you get enough out of it for, for piecing together what was going on. But if you, I, I find that reading it right after era one is great on a reread because you can the more yeah. you do it the more you f- piece it together yeah and i think Probably, someone's yeah. even created a reading order of how to read it simultaneously <laughs> <laughs> there is. yeah but, yes but but really the the aethers are just such a good example of brandon's gonna probably do this a lot where it's just like yeah. here is a new magic thing what's up he's gonna explain but, it pretty well you kind of expect in mistborn in Brandon Sanderson books is like there's going to be a new magical thing in a book and in this case it's the Aethers uh, I think maybe a, a different but related discussion is 
maybe that feels weird to be introducing new magic in the final book of Era 2, uh, which I think is fair. I also think the Morassi plotline is the best part of the book uh, and made the book better. So rather than like worse, right? It's like it's part of what I was saying at the beginning that to me this was a good Mistborn book, but a much better Cosmere book because, yeah, this is... We are, this is like the ending of era two, but it's also non insignificant, like the Marvel movie amount of time <laughs> is spent setting up what's coming next. Mm, yeah. And it, it's like, I think one of the concerns people have about taking the gloves off is like, oh, now am I going to have to read every single Brandon release in order to understand things? And I think what Brandon is proving with this book, no, you don't. Um, and to your point, Eric, I think the Mistborn books, one of their like hallmarks is kind of introducing a new magical mechanic every book. Yeah. <laughs> like in the original series, we had Allomancy, Ferrukami, Himalurgy, and then we had Twinborn, uh, second book dug into like Chandra and yeah. uh, the Trell Spikes. Uh, you know, third book had started the medallions and stuff. And now fourth book, we're getting some off-world uh, magic. And since the ghost bloods are native to, or not all native to Skadriel, but like the organization yeah. originated there, it does seem appro appropriate that this is the series where we get that veil lifted a bit for the first time. Um, because you have to talk about the ghost bloods eventually somewhere. And yeah. Skadriel's their home base. Kelsier oh, wants to save Elendil and things like he, he does, right? There is one one criticism that I've seen a lot of places is that Lost Metal did too much for a book that wasn't supposed to wasn't originally planned. And it shouldn't have had that big an impact, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, those two things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. You can have something that you didn't originally plan and still weave it into the greater working and have it make a significant difference. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah. Brandon is a meticulous planner, but he can accommodate changes. He's done it in Stormlight with with flipping uh, flashback points of view in a couple of books. This is hardly out of the ordinary for him to put more meaningful things into something that he didn't originally plan to write. And the fact that, yes, we're bringing in all these other Cosmere things and all these ghost blood things. And I would argue that given the threat to Skadriel that was happening at the time, it would not have made sense for Kelsier to have ignored it. Yeah. With Kelsier being that involved and him having an organization that was that involved. It would have been very strange if he hadn't been in up to his eyeballs or hadn't had people involved in it. So it made it a very good introduction on in the Scadrial fear to start seeing what the ghost bloods do in era two before we start really dealing with them in future eras. You, you yeah. really and don't want to have an Eternals thing where it's like, why didn't the Eternals mm -hmm. deal with Thanos in Infinity War? It's like, right? well, because we didn't have them yet. And like, it would have just been weird. It's like, why didn't you guys like help out in with the big trail bomb and the, the last thing like that would have just been weird. Yeah. The strength in planning comes from versatility and being able to change your plans and incorporate new things depending on what comes up. It's not in having one amazing plan that never changes that's just not how it works 
for anything yeah. really. You, you can look at our Rhythm of War interview with Brandon. Uh, just there were, I'll be vague, because, uh, you know. Uh, but <laughs> Brandon had to make a call on uh, a big change, and he's like, this was always a possibility. I wasn't sure when it would happen. And, and so Brandon put it in book four there. And I think there's things that he's moving up here, and he can deal with other stuff in Era 3. And, and the other thing that Brandon's doing, I think, is he's recognizing how he needs to prioritize his main series. Because um, if he keeps doing endless worlds, you know, the Cosmere is already really big. So I also wouldn't be surprised if he takes projects like this one as an opportunity to work in some concepts from books he's concerned might never get written. True. Mm. Also, I think... Sure, this book wasn't originally planned, but this book has been planned in some form for a decade. So there's still like yeah. Yeah. a lot of planning that w went into this book. Um, Once Alloy exists, it's like, OK, we have to deal with Trell stuff, right? Like, yeah, obviously. I will say it is it feels a little bit silly to be t saying that Brandon doesn't have a plan like Brandon doesn't know how to change a plan to make it work. But like even on like a smaller, maybe more personal level, the this allusions to the wider Cosmere are doing a good job of like getting you interested in it. Because like if you were, you know, some lone call Cosmere reader out there who's just a fan of Mistborn and hasn't like discovered the Roger fandom, this could probably be the book that would get you to look up. Okay, what's up with this Moonlight person? Oh, there's Emperor Soul. Cool. What's up with this Twin Soul guy? Okay, we we got. We have to wait for that. But like, pers for me personally, the the whole like Prasanva thing was the first thing that really got me hyped for a possible Ether of Nightbook. Because it used to be like there 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 is the free uh, unpublished version that's circulating around the internet. Get it on <laughs> yep, it's we're the sole distributors of Ether in yes, the in the cosmic in the universe right now. And I read the first few chapters of it, then dropped it because I was just uh, not really enjoying it. But now the this reworked, new and improved and um, mechaed up version of <laughs> Ether of Night. <laughs> like I want to see this Ether of Night. I want. I hope they have mech duels in that book. Well, they wouldn't have like the super fuel necessarily to do I that. I mean, right? they, we, they, it would be on like the planet where the big ethers are. So presumably they would have more access to like raw power than. Yeah. Oh, and I guess the, it was this weird thing. It's like some worlds have like an energy field. You don't have that here. Yeah. Like there's that line mm -hmm. too. Yeah, yeah. So I think like, I think the ether mechs are more easily attainable on the planet that actually has ethers aplenty. I'm imagining flying mechs hanging around in the high storms on Roshar. Yes. Just like, yes, Excellent. yes, nice. yes. Give me that. Yes. Nice. Well, yes, I want, I want the climax of whatever the ether of night will end up being to be like a um, crystal Voltron. All right, nice. Cool. Yeah. Just a bunch of people getting their roseates together to make a giant mech. Nice. It's the robot. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> also, like speaking of like the crossover stuff, we got a Skybreaker or Skybreakers cameo near the Potentially, end. Potentially. Right? Uh yeah. there 
it, it does seem when someone's like, yeah. are you sure this is legal? That's like, ah, maybe. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. And then they fly and the assumption is they're coin shots. But, but they just uh, kind of take off. It, to it's a Skadrian person, but... a Skybreaker's flight, like a lashing would look like mm-hmm. a push or pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going to put it in the frame of reference that they understand yeah. until proven otherwise. Which is interesting. <laughs> Kelsey are working with a Skybreaker. Like, that's all yeah. right. That's interesting. Well, I, I did not realize those were Skybreakers until this very moment. <laughs> I think that's a lot of people. Uh, and I, yeah. I also think that there's like, does it's it even make sense? You miss it. Yeah. It, it's yeah. A, theory yeah it's it's not confirmed yeah but like i i feel like what is the purpose of the is this legal line because the ghost bloods don't care the ghost bloods don't care if it's legal um but aren't those ghost bloods yes those are the elendel agents that yeah 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 so it's just that that is just a fascinating can of worms so but the interesting the skybreakers also that means there's potentially spren on Gadriel, which well, I mean, you know, presumably they're... they fixed the problem of getting Spren off world because Hoyt's here. Yeah. So at least they yeah. someone figured it out, right? Yeah. Well. So, but that that's really, yeah. But it means well, well, but Hoyt is always the exception. Like well, true, that's true. Like just because Hoyt can do something, I would not assume that anyone else can do that thing. So it if the if that is a skybreaker, then that has a lot of very interesting implications. So it's like, okay, the ghost bloods yeah. have figured this out as well. Especially for Kelsier's goals, since like if a Spren can come to Skadriel, can Kelsier use a similar thing to leave? Corporates coming to Roshar to fix up the the ghost bloods yeah. on Roshar. It's in, like, in the hey, regional manager, you're not doing super great yeah. here. You know, I this is making me like because there's because we know like era. Rat 2 is supposed to be taking place like between the two halves of Stormlight. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So yeah. this there are some intriguing like implications. Because like the fact that there are skybreakers on Israel right now working with the uh, with Kelsier does imply that something happens to Nail in S- in Stormlight 5. Mm. And the also like on a similar note, like Mel- Milan's epilogue also like Red hair does make me think that either we're talking horn eaters or singers, because in the Cosmic Rag, the red hair are usually were historically associated with, with those two groups. So this is intriguing for what's happening of in the safe potential life. cataclysm on Roshar in Stormlight Five. I don't and think anything's going to go wrong, is- Rosemary. I don't know what you're talking about. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> This Kumbaya. is all 100% calculated by Brandon to go, let's see if I can get them to freak out about this now. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, like, also, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ka- Kaizi also mentions mm-hmm. that Roshar is no longer, but, you know, the, I, wasn't, I wasn't really paying much attention to that at the time because Roshar is a dangerous place to visit on best of days, you know, between <laughs> the, the wars for sure. and the Everstorm and the currently ongoing apocalyptic war. You know, um, as you do. But, like, the fact that we have Hoyt, who is does not seem to be, you know, particularly depressed about the whole situation, <laughs> uh, and presumably this design is with him because we, because again, he's not depressed about the whole situation. Um, <laughs> we don't see in his head or really talk to him. Yeah, yeah that, that is true. But I like I want to avoid. So between between Hoyt 
being here, the Skybreakers think Kaizi talking about danger and Milan's epilogue, which also briefly shout out to our first on-screen shuttle. But yeah, between those uh, those facts, uh, it is intriguing what's going to happen in Stormlight Five. I, I still want to know how Shy and Casey got off a cell. Yeah, that's yeah, fascinating. Elantra sequels someday, like Elantra yeah. sequels, are going to be fascinating to read after like this book. You know, well, I think Cell has the most confirmed world hoppers. Which is hilarious, given how <laughs> difficult it is to get into and out of. Yeah, because we have mm-hmm. granted yeah. the the Irie might have been pre, um, yeah. you know, like may, maybe the Irie uh, departed at a more a better time. Um, well, the the door would still exist, though. So yeah, that's the that's problem, true. right? Like it wouldn't yeah. be easier, but they'd just be yeah. very experienced Elantrians yeah. pre-Rayo. So, right? so, but yeah, the Irie got off. Like we have Galadon running around, and now Case and Shy, like Lighthouse Guy, Lighthouse Guy, yeah, Lighthouse like, guy. like any Irie, right? Yeah, because he's yeah. he's an Irie. Uh, Although he's an if he's an Irie, like he's post Rayo, yeah, like p- post Elantris, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the Hoed that they j- throw yeah. in the pool. Which, which is crazy. Gi- which just gives you even more questions of how did he not just dissolve into the door when he dis because the door that yeah. allegedly took him right straight through. Yeah. How did he survive that? I'm guessing I mean, it's some sort of intent thing, like how Rayadin was able to sink into it and then pop back up. But maybe but, if you sink into it with the right intent, that's maybe very just, difficult to visualize. You didn't expect you an Elantris mechanic in. episode in Lost Metal Reaction it's, 3, but here you are. It's just a matter of, of how did he not get torn apart by the chaos that is the door? Yeah, like instantly yeah. upon transition. Brandon's really good at making us think about interesting questions. It's like, Brandon, I need more books, please. Yeah. <laughs> I need well, answers. saying... He keeps saying, oh, Cell's one of the hardest places to travel to. Cell's one of the hardest. And it's like, okay, is it maybe easier to get off of Cell and hard to get back? Maybe. Like, and that's why we have so many Cellish world hoppers, because people, it's like a one way. They're like, well, I guess we're stuck out here now. Oh, yeah. well. Hmm. Um, like, maybe it's easy to identify like a safe port through when you're on world. But try like in shades more like trying to get back and find I don't know. It, it easily could be that the Irie uh, like have sort of figured out the path and like once one person figures it out, then it's like, OK, great, I'll do that. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe the perpendicularity is uh, the eye of a storm or something. Oh, OK, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking like, you know how like Mount Everest, it took two dudes like until like early 1900s to get the top with great effort and now you have cues to the top yeah right right right, right. And, and people dying every single year yep. that they let people up there yeah but, but still a lot more door. people reaching the top yeah you know we, we don't know how many people die trying to get out of cell <laughs> yeah. they're not main characters they're, yeah. they're totally dead but the main characters <laughs> that are named they're fine don't worry <laughs> but but it is interesting that brandon keeps like because he keeps bringing up cells really hard to get to like he has explicitly like I feel like brought that mm-hmm. up a couple times and yet he keeps showing us sellish people traveling around so the conflict there is from, interesting from a writerly perspective mm-hmm. uh this 
it sort of reminds me of how Brandon was saying in our interview, how Kelsey are being the leader of the Ghost Bloods is to like help remind people that Skadriel is important. And I think the Selish world hoppers are like, guys, I'm going to get back to sell, I promise, <laughs> type thing, you know? And so like, that's kind of an interesting way to do it. I do agree. It is interesting given the words of Brandon, like, Again, it almost makes more sense if you know less about it. It's like, oh, yeah, they're from other worlds. Yeah, cool. Great. Like, you, yeah. you don't bat an eye. But if you know the words of Brandon, it's like, OK, that is a little weird. But Yeah. So a little bit ago, um, Rasar mentioned Milan's epilogue where she is with a guide in Shadesmar. And that guide, Jan Ven, is a Shodel. And this is, I believe, the first time we have ever seen on screen a Shodel. And this will be a lot of people's introduction to them, although we know um, we know Ambition is one. Yeah, um, the Ulida, the sh mm -hmm. Shard of Ambition. For those of you who don't know, Shodel were one of the three races on Yolen, the humans, Shodel, and dragons. Mm-hmm. All unpublished. So they're... <laughs> They're 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 there and they're unpublished and this is the first real introduction to them, but we have seen them before in Brandon's Dragonsteel Prime unpublished chapters. And for those who don't know, Dragonsteel Prime was the book that he wrote as his master thesis, master's thesis that um, that is Hoyd's backstory basically, and he's going to rewrite it to be actually a thing that you can read as a good trilogy later on. As it is, it's just kind of not a lot of people can access it, so we can't talk about most of it. But yep. he has put out a few sample chapters online. And those those have some some Shodel in them. And the main character in those in in, in that uh Jarek um is is fighting a war against the Shodel and and he, on the shattered he looks planes, at them by the way. Yes, on, <laughs> on the shattered planes. It's like proto Stormlight as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the shattered planes mm -hmm. were originally yeah. yes, he and, and the bridge those. Crew. Yeah. Into Way of Kings. Yeah. So so they're having the war and he's looking at them and he's like, oh man, these these inhumans with their 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 terrible eyes that look so school cool. They look so cool and scary and um and and this all of this weird that their skin is so pale and their eyes are so crazy. And then and that's about it. And then we go here and and that's what he says. We go here to Milan, where she describes the same thing, and she also says that Shodel have four arms. And if we look back at Jarek's points of view, there are specific moments where, in those previews, where he is attempting to tell apart humans from Shodel, like down in the chasms at the corpses. There's, there's a corpse, like just like the chasm scenes with 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 Kaladin. Yeah. Um, he's trying to tell whether a corpse is human or Shodel, and he has to use like the bones and the clothing to identify it. No mention of there being extra limbs, more <laughs> arms than there should be on a human. <laughs> oh look, look at the extra arm bones. No, no, none of that. None of that. But it's really We're the not, pale, <laughs> the pale skin really, that really, yeah, that's, really. That's sells how it. you notice something isn't human. Clearly, the extra arms were something added by Brandon yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's but got to be a difference in drafts. I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Well, I think it's got to be that. Guess, it's funny. Would be based on the similar. Like I haven't read those samples, but based on the similarity you described to the scene with Kaladin in. Way of Kings, I wonder if Brandon kind of 
took some aspects of the Shodell, the original Shodell, and put them in the singers. Mm, probably. With like the Shatters Plains and then and then had to like make the actual Shodell a little more distinct. I think so that's exactly what happened. The same. Yeah. I will yeah. just point out it's it's not just a matter of different drafts because we did have artwork like fan art of Ulida before the Lost Metal came out, and those artists knew that Shodel had four arms. I think there's been like so some lots was out there. But like I think Brandon wrote Dragon Steel Prime in like 2001 or some, something like it's that. It was like 2002, published something in 2003, like yeah. something like that. Which so, a while ago. And we know the Cosmere didn't like crystallize, crystallize until the Mistborn trilogy. Yeah, yeah like yeah. He, like he's talked about how like when he put the pool in Elantris. He hadn't worked out the mechanics for how that worked in the wider Cosmere yet. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, I, I, I imagine it's just like, oh, I took the cool part of Yolen, which was the Shattered Plains, and I moved that. So I got to make like Yolen like differently interesting because uh, I, I took that. Uh, and it is really funny if you read those sample chapters, how much it is just like the same scenes as in Way of Kings. Uh, like there's, yeah. You, you, you can go check them out. Uh, they're done much better in Way of Kings. So you, you kind of, Matt, you've already read them. But yeah, there, there, there are some cool Shodell things. It's like it's like they like weave, like they have illusion magic, essentially, mm. to the skies and stuff. And you do see a dragon. It's cool. Uh, and you can check that out. And the full book uh, will be available next year. Yes. Um, with the words of Radiance Leatherbound Kickstarter. And unlike Way of Kings Prime, I think we'll actually mm-hmm. do an episode on that. <laughs> We'd better because I want to be on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, that, maybe, that one's actually important and I've wanted to talk about it for a long time. So maybe maybe I'll actually read Dragonsteel then. Because I haven't read I haven't read either of Night. Like, I haven't read any of the. Uh, I, yeah, I, I have I have Way of Kings Prime sitting up on my shelves over here. I still haven't read it because I'm like, I don't want to confuse my brain. It, it's like, not look, look. good. <laughs> like, it's fine, but it's it looks nice on the shelf. It's hard when you already have a much better version of the book to go to a much worse mm. version of the book. It's really yeah. tough. Cool. Uh. Ella, I think you 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 wanted to transition to talking about other gods earlier, and uh, then we spent yeah, an like, hour talking about other stuff. But <laughs> yeah, so, I have a yeah, feeling of, I know what you want to talk speaking about. Speaking of gods and yes. speaking of gods and dragon steel things, perfect segue, easy. Yes, I I am a genius. Thank you. Yes, I love autonomy and Bavadin. Yeah, and they, she is fantastic, and I need more of her. And now I'm sad that we'll probably never get a sequel to White Sun graphic novels because, I mean, you know the drama. Because I need more autonomy in my life. And Bavadin, she was great. She was an excellent. I really enjoyed her as a villain and as a character. And I hope she will stick around in the future to menace, you know, the Cosmere in the future. Because, yeah, I just really really like her <laughs> i mean how could we not like we're clearly not done with autonomy like we dealt with the immediate oh, yeah. problem but like you could have avatars on literally any world brandon wants and we can see mm-hmm. some autonomy influence that's the great thing like, with the premise there she, from, she from gives me the vibes of like an infestation and it's <laughs> like you stamp her out here but like she's like popped up like mm. three little dandelions Mm-hmm. on these planets and mm-hmm. 
you know. Is the shard of dandelions. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like fr from here on out, whenever a religion is introduced on Russia, I'm going to be like that meme of that guy pointing at the butterfly. Like, is this autonomy? <laughs> <laughs> Please make that. I'll put that in this episode. And yeah. it's like the scene where she talks with wax in that in the carriage records, legit one of my favorite scenes in the book. It's pretty good. I like how Brandon wove in like the callback to Trell, because like we've known like Trell is like an ancient religion that we heard about yes. from like pre like Alendi and Reshek times. Yep. So I think the explanation he said was basically autonomy was like, OK, I'm just going to drop trail here and just kind of hold just in case I ever need that um, aspect of myself on that planet mm -hmm. and then moves on with other stuff. And like we've all been kind of talking about trail for a while and like the religion of trail with the the brother with the sun eye and the jealous of the many eyes yeah. of Trell, like that also comes up in a religion for the peer Lakers, I think, or a similar concept on Roshar. Uh, yeah, the, the there was that pure like, yeah, the new relic. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And so, like, obviously, day side, night side or dark side, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. So so like it, it's interesting that he's finally like with her able to like play that off a bit. And I'm also like, and I, I haven't read like white sand prime or anything. So my exposure is the published graphic novel. So not like a ton, but it says a lot about autonomy when you have like one jealous being, being like the sun is the only thing you can see. And then like multiple different stars and autonomy wants autonomy but also has all these like different avatars doing different things mm -hmm. like the kind of dual nature and they talk about that with the design of filming even how like everything is different but everything is different in a very calculated the same controlled way yeah. and um, it's I really, it's really interesting yeah i really like this contrast between like this push and pull of like I want people to be autonomous and prove themselves, but also at the same time, I want to control how this manifests. And like, I know there's a, there's part of it. And so also some people pointed out that like uh, what autonomy says about how Telson is trying to appease her about this and that this manufacturedness about it is more of Telson's doing, but also like we are talking about the same God who deliberately cut off her own planet from the rest of the Cosmere and who has apparently been just shoving scientific knowledge at Taldane and who yeah. like even if you go back to the White Sand graphic novels then Autonomy was involved by proxy in the whole like inciting incident of that series because spoilers for White Sand I guess oh no um, the, uh, the reason one of the Sandmasters betrays the, the DM, the organization of Sandmasters to the, the guys who then go kill them all is because he sees a vision of the Sandlord, which is Autonomy's face in that particular culture. Or an avatar so or something. She, yeah. So it's not like she is like this icon of everyone do what you want. She is still this heavily like man controlling control freak kind of person mm -hmm. which is i really love this duality but in her 
It's interesting. She's, she's, she's treating everyone like toddlers with giving them fake choices of, see, I'm going to let you choose these things, but you're still going to live within the parameters that I set because I'm the parent and you're just some little mortal. That's a and, great analogy. Mm-hmm. I, I was just talking about the illusion of choice with my four month old child last night while I was <laughs> picking her onesie for the night. I was like, do you want this one, this one? And she's like cooing and cawing. And I'm like, I'm going to pick this one because it's all the same because I don't know what you want. And this is an illusion <laughs> of choice. You don't actually yeah, have yeah, choice. Yeah. yeah, great analogy. And I like this onesie the best. Um, well, it's also the nature of autonomy, too, to be I want everyone to have autonomy. But if everyone has autonomy, that interferes with my autonomy to do whatever I want. And so it's like she wants everyone to have autonomy to an extent. But then her autonomy has to be paramount over yeah. that. One of the reasons why a shard like autonomy may be divorced from the other shards that give it context uh, makes it a problematic superpowered concept to throw out into the Cosmere. Like every single other shard here, like it's just not great. <laughs> you need all of them together. Uh, we definitely go in a lot of detail on the history of Trell in our Trell episode, which was our last episode. Uh, so go check that out uh, if you want to know. Don't forget, there was a random dude who was a foreman who's named Trell, uh, who I forgot until we recorded that episode, gets a full page of like, hey, I'm the guy named Trell. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I, I haven't watched that episode yet, so I don't know the conclusions you guys came to, but no. I'd, I'd like to think that the only reason that this guy is important is that Autonomy just happened to be watching and was like, okay, this one is going to my list of names that I can use on other planets. Just yeah, like yeah. She, maybe she just keeps a notebook of like, okay, God ideas. What can we make a God here? Okay, Trell, I like the name, snappy, easy to say, will work in multiple languages. Let's, let's keep that in the notebook. Nice easy most relatable thing about autonomy her list of names <laughs> look if you're making that many avatars you're just like yo that name that was that was really autonomous it's like great name good 10 out of 10 i love it uh, this just makes me super curious again about where her newest avatar is that she's referencing in uh the oathbringer letter oathbringer yeah 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 no i think we're definitely going to keep autonomy the way brandon has set her up could like be a villain like odium is kind of like tied i feel as a villain to the stormlight sequence Mm -hmm. like he's so central there well and not too into stormlight spoilers but yeah he's very Important. important and ingrained in that narrative whereas autonomy can just kind of keep popping up like a recurring thing in multiple different ways which is it's kind of Autonomy, because like the, the thing about Odium is that it is so central to what Stormlight is that if the if Stormlight does not end with the defeat of Odium, it's going to be not very satisfying. At least, I don't know, that's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Autonomy is more like, she makes me think more of a, like a comic book villain, like, I don't know, Doctor Doom, maybe. Like you can, he has Doombots, so that, that works. So, like, you can have Doctor Doom, like, pop up here and there and go up against different characters and maybe occasionally even have him work with the superheroes because, like, it's his country that's in danger or whatever. So I think, like, autonomy works in the sense that she does, she's not tied to fighting specific superheroes, specific group of 
characters on a specific planet. Yeah, she could be fighting on the Aether planet and five other ones and be like, yeah, that makes sense, you know? So, Matt, you you had some thoughts on Telson as well in this book. Yeah, well, th- this kind of flows... Yeah, because obviously Telson is set up to become the new avatar or the new holder of the avatar or... I don't think Trell actually existed, but we don't need to get into that detail. But like Telson was going to become Trell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Take up the mantle, so to speak. Telson's an interesting villain because she doesn't do a lot in this book. Like because autonomy, I think, is the the true villain. They make it pretty clear. Um, And Telson's just interesting because like to do the callback, like Ed Warren is the villain we've developed more like pathos and emotions around over the course of the series. And then, of course, Brandon did the bait and switch in Bands of Mourning with Telson. Um, I did like, though, that they called back to the community as being Ed Warren's project. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of explained why the set is kind of messy. It's like, oh, they have this community. They have this bomb. They've got hemallergy. It's like, oh, it's because you had a bunch of too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, and it's and like so, the autonomy thing, right? Of yeah. like, I yeah. had yeah. my this plan, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. They, they are all on tryouts for who's going to be the, the trust yeah. of trails. Yeah. Who's who's going to be who has the best idea? I don't know. Let's try it out. Let's see. Yeah. We'll see. And and so the idea of the community is this like lost uh, experiment that they didn't know what to do with anymore. It was kind of fun because people have been asking about the missing women since Alley oh, yeah. of Law and it's mm-hmm. like maybe Brandon didn't know what to do with the either and it's kind of a little meta um which is but uh but Telson I did like that Brandon took care to kind of make some efforts to make her a foil to wax and tie it back to their childhood because they're both kind of these larger than life personalities I also felt like he gave me some understanding of her character beyond because like she is kind of the like cackling <laughs> I'm going to end the world villain like she doesn't have a lot of characterization in this book and it's Oh, cl- you're monologuing cliche. bye, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh I did like like her point about like wax like you think you're better than anyone and you can just like barrel in and fix things but like I'm the one that actually thinks things through and plans and And yes, she's manipulating him. But her point about being like, you assume that the way I'm going about this is the wrong way. But you just learned about all this trail stuff. Recently, like, why don't you trust me that I've like thought through all this? And even though I don't agree with Telson, obviously, and she is the villain, it's a fun. I don't know. I I like that Brandon was able to slip some juice into her character. You feel I like think, yeah. Wax missed the opportunity to say, I don't know, maybe when you're just, maybe the problem is that you're aiming a weapon of mass destruction at my wife and children. Like, you, you, you can't just expect me to set aside as personal. Um, yeah. and, and really most of what she was doing was trying to distract him because oh, everything yeah. was already kind of in position and doing the thing. She's just trying to delay him long enough to get the bomb out of there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I loved that twist that the bomb was on the warship and we had the warship Mm -hmm. set up as a Chekhov's gun right when we came into Bilming. And even before that, I think they they reference, oh, Bilming has these new warships. 
It was and in the. It, there was even a picture of it in the broadsheet in Bands yeah, of Morning. Sure was. Yeah. And that's how. That's exactly how you deal with Wax because you know he, you're not going to stop him because he always comes back running. So how do you deal with Wax? You build him a track in a different direction than you want him to go, mm. and then just try to keep him going. That's what you the know, chasing other are. stuff. They're, they're just trying to waste time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. We the doppelgangers think they were supposed to kill them. No, you guys are just a delaying tactic. Yeah. The doppelgangers. Yeah. doppelgangers. Oh, my gosh. oh, that was yeah. so fun. I really like the doppelgangers. You, you, you did? <laughs> I'm glad Let, someone did. about the doppelgangers briefly. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Go, go for it. This whole, uh, Ala, do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose uh, since apparently I am in the minority here. Uh, no, uh, I don't know if that's true. Maybe, maybe the minority on the podcast, but not not overall. I think most here people in the enjoy sense them. of like in this, yeah, yeah, in this assortment call, of five yeah. people. Okay, so I mentioned before how I was talking about Marvel and comic bookiness of it. It it felt especially part one. There was something. To me very comic book especially in the scene in the in the manor when they were all like meeting together like it's their superhero layer of a superhero team mm-hmm. and the like the mirror matchup is such a not i mean not just a comic book show but it's such a comic book trope that i was really like oh this is what we're doing this is fun and also it like gets you the chance to pit the two protagonists against each other but just by proxy without the any like idiotic let's make them enemies to fight that's and, true that's true like i did not feel much for duma the 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 guy who like mirrors wax because he also mirrors wax's personality of not having much of a personality <laughs> great mimicking yeah uh but Pretty get the the anti the anti wayne she was funny like i don't know i found her funny at least uh, way no, she was, was trying so hard to mimic Wayne and somehow found only the annoying parts to copy. I mean, I did find it funny how annoyed Wayne was by his own worst personality it, it, traits. That was funny. that, was, that yeah. was hilarious. But man, just okay, as messed up as Wayne is, Gertruda is like an order of magnitude more messed up for what she's trying to do. And I'm like, what kind of brainwashing did they put this poor woman through? That's, you know, that's kind of me. Like, I I don't love them. I liked them. I mostly just want to know more about them. And I wanted points of view from them and to just understand what was going on. And then we got like one paragraph right at the end where they both explained their motivations. And I was like, Oh, that's potentially interesting. Let's. Oh, they're dead. Oh, yeah. Rip. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to see more of them, too. Well, yeah. If 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 we explored their characters. Yeah, I, I would like them more. I, I do agree. It's more that like. In some sense, this book is messy, like there's a lot going on and it's like, do we really need five different antagonists? Autonomy, Telson, Cav. And the doppelgangers. That, that's a lot. <laughs> like, like that's that that that's kind of a lot. Uh, and indeed, uh, hearing it's like, oh, well, they're they're just here to waste time. Like, sure, but that doesn't make me like the book. It makes me feel like my time is being wasted in a sense. And and it is not that bad. But 
It can can I read to you what Grace Grace couldn't be on this one because she's recording our episode that one comment. Uh, and Grace said that this this really crystallizes. I love this. Hilarious. There was a moment when reading this book when I thought Brandon heard complaints uh, about Wayne being annoying and Wax having no personality and decide and decided to prove these people wrong by making these two. Love it. <laughs> I do love that comment. It, it's re- it is really yeah. funny. <laughs> like, there, it's there, great. Dumont's doing great there, it, though. Yeah, there is something very meta about the doppelgangers. I think in world, like I didn't like them as I was reading because they didn't make sense to me. And I think at the end, when I was like, okay, the set's kind of messy as an organization because everyone's doing their own projects. I was like, okay, this is like someone's like scheme. I just felt it was a little like X, like I got the powers thing, like the strategy of that made sense. But I was like, why are you wasting these resources teaching this poor woman to mimic accents? Like, or like, like brainwashing what, her to want to do that. Yeah, and like what, what, yeah. what, what practical element of that is? Go I ahead. think it's just some idiot in the set thinking they had a good idea. Yeah, and I, there are a lot of idiots in that organization. I, I, I just want know. more than they're dumb as their backstory. Like that, yeah. that's not super like I, I was like wondering, like, oh, are these like things created by autonomy? It's like, no, they're just guys. They're just guys that are selected. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, OK, like I yeah. feel like the autonomy creating them rather than makes more sense to me, like more like a race of fear thing, kind of, you know, yeah. like we're like oh, creating a Katrina did have that one line where she's like, when you don't have anything in your life, you'll do anything to become someone else. And sure. I was like, well, that's interesting. And then again, she just died immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. fascinating. Very wrong, but fascinating. I think the reason why they were put in was for cool fight scenes. Um, <laughs> because Telson, even though... She has a lot of powers, apparently, that we didn't really get to see her use, but she's not concerned confronting all three of them. Um, that would have been cool. Yeah, but Telson, though, like, mortal. she's not the type of villain. I don't think a fight, like, she's not a combatant villain. Like, her archetype is, like, the mastermind, right? So I don't think mm-hmm. having, like, a big wax and Telson fight would have yeah. been that satisfying. Um it was more satisfying him like figuring out that she was stalling him and then like you know beating her plan so i think brant like there needs to be some cool fight scenes um and so we need some like fun alamancer twinborn hemallergist enemies and this is what we came up with um I, to give I, some cool fight that. scenes i get it yeah, I did. I did really like the point where Wax baits her into a villain monologue and then just goes. Floop. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. That's what's like, like, yes, that is hilarious. Like or, or yeah. when Wayne stalled out the speed bubble and then mm. Wax was able to, like, shoot them up. Like th- th- that, there that were definitely cool. some yeah. some cool moments. Uh, I, I just I, I think. Maybe maybe it's just the concept. And like, if you're like, yeah. that sounds fun. And I'm like, that sounds incredibly stupid. And like, <laughs> I think that's the difference where I'm just like, 
Well, yeah, obviously the more experienced people with the powers are going to win. Like, yeah. yeah, I knew this page one uh, of, yeah. of when they showed up. And so that that's why but, they weren't very threatening yeah. or compelling. And so it was more annoying than fun to me. Right. I, I think it's true. There was low stakes in all of the doppelganger fights because they weren't the big bad um like i knew the doppelgangers weren't gonna kill one of our main characters um so it was pretty clear it was like this is a chance to do cool stuff um and i'm not gonna like like it's not like vin escaping from the inquisitors in uh the final empire right like they're even though i knew logically oh like vin's not gonna die at this point she's the main character like i was scared for her um whereas i was never scared for wax and wayne like fighting these these doppelgangers no i just i just found them fun like i admit that's on a very uh level of no thoughts just vibes i just really vibed with the idea of them but like i like the i like the idea that the reason they exist is that someone in a set had an idea they could not you know get rid of I was like, it's another point in what you all were saying about how SET is kind of a mess as a secret organization because everyone is so aggressively doing their own thing. And to be honest, that's kind of a thing like, isn't every secret organization in the Cosmere some level of a mess? It was like, you have the SET having this, you have like Ghostbloods are... Ghostbloods. The Scadrian chapter is organized, but they, they apparently completely lost control of whatever is going on with Roshar. And you have like Honor Shah, you have the Sons of Honor who are just completely falling apart at the seams. Yeah, they're they're uh, done. They're this, literally done at this point. <laughs> yeah. You have the Skybreakers whose boss is an insane is like probably clinically insane, and also they put themselves into working for Odium. You have the 17th shard that is not only aggressively passive, but apparently accidentally brought common cold into Roshar. So just oh, yeah. the Cosmere, the Cosmere has just really bad luck with secret societies. Like they are all a complete mess. I, I feel like that though is very true to life because people are a complete mess. And you, the more people you put into a society, secret society, the messier it's going to get. Especially in like a conspiracy um, sense. It's like, oh yeah, this is, this is yeah. not going to go well, ultimately. I guess there, there's something refreshing about, like, there are so many stories about those perfect conspiracies that work out perfectly and everyone is on board. And then you have the Cosmere where every conspiracy secret society in the Cosmere is in some level completely falling apart at the seams. Yeah. Which is exactly what they really do in That's, real life. Yeah. Which is beautiful. But I get that. I just wish the set was more intimidating. And in this book, they kind of didn't like autonomy was right. Like autonomy yeah. totally was, but like the set, not really. Uh, and and I mean, that that's just kind of disappointing <laughs> to me. Yeah. You know? Well, if, if they come in in our next season of Diceborne, I'm sure I'll still be very intimidated by them, which because <laughs> you got a lot of players are at stake. Yeah, no, no, I won't go into Diceborne spoilers, but it, <laughs> it's been interesting reading this book after Diceborne yes. was filmed, and there's definitely some echoes there, um, which were no. not intentional. No, so no, no, not at all. Fun. Uh, also noticing echoes with my own 
my own roleplay characters, but yeah. none yeah. of you even know who they are. But yeah. So. yeah. I think I didn't like the doppelgangers at first, but what saves them for me, I think, is this meta level of realizing I really like what Brandon has done with this series in terms of genre, yeah. where we have a Western, a kind of Sherlock Holmesy, like typical, like serial killer hunting, mur- like murder mystery. We have a like almost Indiana Jones, like early fantasy. And now we have like early sci-fi. And if you've done like any like turn of the century sci-fi fantasy um, reading, like these are the types of books that people were writing in these genres at their Hmm. kind of inception. So I do like that element. And so like Rasar was saying, I think a lot of the comic book conventions coming in are likely also like the doppelgangers are ridiculous and i think that's why people don't like them because they're ridiculous or but the the reason why they do like them right yeah or they like them because they're funny right and i think that's intentional because i think brandon with these books is also experimenting and playing with genre and in this one yeah like telson is very much a comic book like james bond um villain right like she's on the top of the tower with her big doomsday device um (laughs) true and and like even like the ghost bloods being like aliens and they're fighting an alien invasion with the men of red and gold like and also like the really busy plot with like 50 different things and the people in the bunker like these are all very like well-known and established conventions of the of the genre. So I was glad that Brandon kind of continued that pattern he established with the first Hmm. three books of that kind of evolution and, and uh, progression. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting thought. I still don't think I could quite grasp exactly what genre this is, but I was like, I I guess I kind of get it. Uh, It's a little harder to distill it down than this book. Yeah. Like I think I the way I would do it, I think it's a similar era of sci-fi fantasy to Bands of Morning, but I think Bands of Morning leads more into the fantasy conventions, whereas this really leads into the like sci-fi slash like comic book uh conventions. Interesting. Is is how I'd divide the two. Makes me wonder if in the next era where we get comic books, uh they're gonna like kind of riff on some of this. Oh, the issue where Wax and Wayne fight their doppelgangers. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I, oh. I admit that would be pretty funny to see. Yeah. <laughs> a 1980s Mistborn character reading a comic book where the set, or if instead of the broadsheets, they do like comic book pages mm. and like the I set think, yeah. are like that's the antagonist. I swear I remember hearing something about that. This is what they're planning to do for no, Eva Free instead of broadsheets. Yeah. That is a thing. The comic book pages. And they're going to be waxing late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. I'm going to love that. That is going to be yes. brilliant. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, yeah. To, to add to what you were saying about genres, there are also genres that really fit the time period that this era is emulating. Because yes. this is, like, late 19th century, but also early 20th century. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you get the Western story of the sort that would be written. Mm-hmm. Uh, a criminal story. Like, this is the period of time that Sherlock Holmes existed in. Yeah. He, uh, adventure story, like I wouldn't say Indiana Jones, but like those stories that were popular in the late 19th century, like yeah. of the Englishmen who go to visit the 
I'm terribly sorry, the dark Africa to find yeah, the, 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 lost the adventures, the very problematic yeah. things like yeah. that. But yeah. they, that was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, there and there was one have... I was reading at the same time as Bands of Morning by Edgar Allan Poe, where they go to Antarctica, basically, and find a secret civilization that kind of resembled the Malwish. That's and, really funny. <laughs> and it's OK. That novel's funny because Edgar Allan Poe famously hated novels and thought short stories were the best. And there's a theory that he wrote that novel to prove that novels are awful. <laughs> I, which is like, I really want to read this now. I kind honestly. of an Edgar Allan Poe thing to do. OK, but, but yeah, also like the yeah. um, the lost metal. This is the early 20th century. That's not quite yet book uh, birth of comic book superheroes, but mm -hmm. you already have those characters like Dick Tracy or the spirits who were mostly mm -hmm. like uh, comic strips and radio characters. So it makes sense that in this book where we are moving from steampunk to more of a diesel punk setting, this is where we get the pseudo superhero and the old timey alien invasion sort of story. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Absolutely. And for the 1980s series, we're setting up the Cold War era yeah. with the Malwish and the Elendil Basin. Mm -hmm. Give me that. You know, like that's pretty clearly set up here. So that's why we got to have a ghost blood agent doing ghost bloody things in a Cold War thing. That'll be so good. I just see this as Kelsier very carefully trying to manage both sides because he has an in on both of them. Mm. That they don't necessarily agree that it's the same person, which is True. hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> and, and so he can totally play this whole situation like a fiddle if he does it well. Because he's trying and to, like, make technological progress and right. strife breeds that, right? Mm hmm. This is exactly the sort of situation that will shoot progress, you know, off the charts on both sides. And then he's just like, all right, so I just got to ride this wave and then figure out once they're advanced enough, figure out how to get them to not be enemies anymore. And that will be the challenge. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> and, and I guess just a final comment on the genre thing. What I like about it, too, is that it plays into the DNA of Mistborn as a series, because like the original trilogy was also playing with conventions and genre yeah. with the whole like reversal of the prophesied hero. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes me think that's going to be a thing that Brandon has kind of tied to Skadriel and we might keep seeing him playing with that concept in different ways in, in future eras. Um, yeah, that's cool. So cool. Why, why don't we blab a little bit about uh, some air three predictions? What's next for, for our friends on Skadriel? I have predictions all the way to Space Age. <laughs> oh, OK. Oh, right. Because right, this is your grand theory. Yes. Yes. My grand theory of Mistborn. It's okay. not very grand, but it is a theory. OK. Um, so I think this book is setting up a lot of what's going to happen in the future of Adriel. Starting with the fact that obviously we just had autonomy withdraw her men of gold and red which is kind of awkward as far as names of evil armies go, but that's yes. what we have. So, and we also have the setup of the, the Cold War and the, and I think the next technology of Mistborn is going to start as this Cold War between North and South that's threatening to go hot. 
And at some point, it's going to transition into an alien invasion story. Oh, yes. Like full on, like full scale, because this is also like, this is meant to be the 1980s, which I'm not entirely versed in like history of American culture, but I'm pretty sure that was a high point for like alien invasion stories. Speaking of talking about genre conventions, we will be in prime time for some Roswell alien sightings, cryptic conspiracies, men in black, alien invasion stories. I want that so bad. Do you know how much I want that? I don't know how we're going to fit all this into three books, especially with like Discord stuff. But Cold War and Alien Invasion. I've always wanted a Cosmere Alien Invasion story. So give me that. I need that. Yes, I, I think this is and this is going to have repercussions because this will be a schedule as the whole civilization's first contact with alien life. And what they are going to learn is that Non-Skadrians are dangerous and threatening and not to be trusted, and we need to protect ourselves, which I think is then going to lead to Skadrian being a space military power. Like, they are going to go into space, not with the idea of Star Trek, like, to boldly go and let's see what's out there, because they already know what's out there. It's alien invaders. So they are going to go with, we are going out there knife first. I think there's also the second part and it's actually ghost bloods because like we kind of mentioned it that Kelsier apparently just let or maybe had by accident the ghost bloods run completely amok on Roshar and basically working with people who are audio uh, at multiple points and trying to kill one of the local gods. That's, that was also a thing. And the problem is that the people who are aware of them are also some of the biggest power players on Roshar right now. So I think this will also lead to the setup where on the schedule, the ghost bloods are the good guys, the people who helped us defeat the alien invaders. Whereas on Roshar, the ghost bloods are the alien invaders in a way, just a more subtle version than uh, than void bringers or whatever autonomy has cooking the meddling aliens meddling in our yeah. stuff and get out and yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're more like if autonomy is more like the alien invaders and uh ghost bloods on russia are more like the reptilians <laughs> I, I i do love how some of what kelsier has been doing to try to protect scadriel is going to come around and bite him in the butt later yeah that's um, that's a great point and and I 100% believe Brandon is totally setting us up to just tear our hearts to shreds with this big knockdown drag out war between Skadriel and Roshar. Yeah. And we're like, but no, we love you both. Please don't fight. And they're going to suffer. And it's going to be I think this is yeah, like what's going to happen is like because Skadriel is going to space with the idea that space is where alien invaders who want to murder us all are. Whereas Roshar is going to space with the idea of space is where those meddling forces to, who want to manipulate us are. And those two groups are kind of almost destined to be hostile to each other just on the basis of the assumptions they go with. So I think like era, this whole book is setting up the Cold War with a chance of going hot, not just between South and North, but also Skadrell and Roshar. Yes, I love all of this. And that's a great point about the Ghost Bloods. 
that like, oh, no, this is going to go so badly when these societies mix because they will remember <laughs> no, the ghost floods. <laughs> Screw you guys. And oh, Kelsey is a prominent person there. No, get out. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be beautiful because we're going to have this full scale war where we have sympathies towards both sides. And, and and I mean, it just really highlights how that's usually the situation in most conflicts. And it's oh, like, delicious. no, Brandon, why you got to make this so real? Delicious. And meanwhile, cell is, the sellish are just off to the side, just vibing. Just vibing. <laughs> just watching. What are they doing over there? Yeah. We're going to hide Maybe they'll be the involved too. You know? <laughs> We're just we're just hiding behind the door over here. You can't find us. No, nope. we're safe ish. Other predictions. Um, I mean, I kind of 100 percent agree with that. Everything that Allah has, has said, that is totally where we're going and totally, totally what's going to happen. And every single book we are going to devour and it's going to make things much more clear that this is going to get sticky and it's going to get more tangled and more more problems and all of this. and. No matter who wins, we're all going to lose and we're all going to eat it up with a spoon. Yes. Other Era 3 thoughts? I don't really have predictions. I don't predict things very often. Okay, this sounds good. No worries. I'd like to see, and I think Brandon's setting us up a bit, a return of full Mistborn in, Mm. or a full Mistborn in some capacity. I think the way Brandon has been writing the wax fight scenes shows some elements of him missing full Mistborn like combat. That's, I think, one of my main things I miss about the action sequences in Era 2 is I'm like, oh, but like full Mistborn are so cool. Like, (laughs) you know, like it's all. Yeah. So I think. I, I don't know how that's accomplished necessarily, but I think that would be a cool and you kind of have them talking about this, whether it's through finding Laracium or Himalurgy or breeding programs. Um, everyone in era two, there's a bunch of people working on the problem of how do we get Mistborn back? So I, I think that would make sense. Um, it would be fun to play more with the prophecies. So if we're getting some discord um, elements, um, I also think since this is era two is more of a bridging era, um, I think I'm predicting era three will have some big shakeup with the shards. So whether that means Sizzed is out of the picture and there's a new vessel or vessels or they get shattered or it's still Sizzed, but there's a different arrangement. Um, I, I feel like there has to be some sort of like on the same level of Ati and Lyris dying and Sizzed taking up both. I think there needs to be a similar level of kind of shardic transformation at the end of uh, Era 3. And yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun with some modern technology and uh, allomancy. I'm really excited for Air 3, though. That's that's what this book yeah. made me want. It's like, oh, yeah. I want this now. Oh, please. So good. Yeah. And the good news is we won't need to wait a decade for that. So that's a nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah. 
Because he's going to write those when he's done Stormlight 5, right? Yeah, That's back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Elantra sequels too. I don't know. Uh, cool. Mm-hmm. How about we wrap with just some final thoughts if there were some final awesome moments from the book that still stick out in your brain? Rosemary. I got, I got two things now. Perfect. One, I am... 100% vindicated on my years and years and years and harping on <laughs> aluminum and <laughs> but finally, yes, someone has been using electrolysis and it's responsible for half the aluminum in the basin even though people don't know it is great. I love it and I want more and yes, aluminum is going to be so many problems and it's going to be awesome. That's that's a really good point. That's going to change schedule a lot yes. for sure. Oh, like, like crazy. Uh, and the other thing is I really do love what Wayne's last will and testament did with the constant pranks being pulled on his friends. That is just like one of the most beautiful things a person can do to still make their presence felt even when they're gone. Because, uh, cause, you know, having having lost good friends, you, you know, I lost one in the last, you know, little over a year and to ha- to know that that reminder is there and that it's just going to keep going and i want to see it even going into era 3 when we have you know elderly marisy caught you know they're Please. advising and every once in a Please. while something pops up and you're just like damn it wayne <laughs> that <laughs> would be really still funny happening decades and decades because he has set that up of to, to just keep going uh, that would just make me so freaking happy that <laughs> what if like what if that turns into a secret organization by the time Era Four is, and it's just like it, the the like the secret society just based off of Wayne's shenanigans? Nonsense. That'd be hilarious. Watch should <laughs> get hijacked by whimsy like very quickly. Oh, ooh, these are some good thoughts here. I I actually really like this. <laughs> I, there, there is there is definitely a solo video that I need to have ready in the next few months. Anyway, excellent. You 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 know what I'm talking about, even if you don't remember. No, I don't. Oh right. Oh yes. No, I do. I do <laughs> yes. remember now. Yes, we know what you're doing to us when you're dead. Uh, what? well, because no, you, you, I'm not, you think this idea is I, very beautiful. I, I, I'm not Wayne, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, good idea. Wayne Secret Society. Uh, you know what? I kind of dig it. Let's go. I admit my my mind went not so much to a secret society and more like. You know, this is basically like what the Nobel Prize is, just instead of scientific achievements, it's it's cramposting. Nice. Thinking more like band of school kids starts mimicking this, but that works too. Other fi- uh, final thoughts, top scenes they hadn't gotten mentioned. I just so love everything with autonomy and I, I I'm still like, as a final thought, I just realized did Telsey what happened to Telsey at the end? Like because like the last time we see her, she died. She died. She died. Yeah. I, I wasn't yeah. sure because like I remember Harmony saying that like, yeah, if she's sustained only by her by autonomy, but it was kind of like offhanded. So I wasn't sure if it, she just fell into I, a coma or if she actually in, just died. Yeah. In I, the I, epilogue, I, they find her body and it's turned gray, which is Oh that, that's that's things. actually really interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I forgot that. And I, she has I, a message carved into her arm with her fingernails. 
from yeah, the economy. I, I do feel like she got just so heavily invested that her, her her synapses fried or something. And when when the power pulled out of her, there was nothing left. Well, and there's also the the um, Chris's notes in the Ars Arcana about uh, hemorrhage changing. Um, and so podcast. I think the other thing is. I think Telson went beyond the limit of what modern hemallergy oh. could do and was only able to do that with autonomies. Oh, okay. That sure. makes sense. Sure. Yes. Okay. Support. Interesting. And then, so I think as soon as autonomy withdrew the support, like Telson just couldn't survive with the number yeah. of her, spikes. her spirit web collapsed. Yeah. Awesome. So like a second related thought, the fact that autonomy can possess people I think like people who have trillium spikes or like, I'm not entirely yeah. clear on the rules of what lets her possess people, but it's very creepy. And I hope we will have like a scene I want to see in era three or maybe later is autonomy using the body of one of the like side characters to talk to the main character. Like this is how one of the side characters dies just as being the puppet to autonomy, not used to like, not the same way like Marsh was used by Ruin, but uh, just, just like, as a way to send a message. Just like on and off, this is something they occasionally have to deal with. I was thinking like permanently, like this is how you find out this character died. Like, okay, this is uh, just, this really horrible and traumatizing. I hope it happens. Perfect. <laughs> okay, this Perfect. I love it. When Brandon occasionally does body horror and it's very fun. But like the scene, I'm thinking like, imagine you have this beloved side character who's just always around helping the main crew of Era 3, and then they just go missing. And there is a chunk of the book devoted to finding them. And when they do find it, it turns out they are now taken over by autonomy and just, you know, a mouthpiece for autonomy. I think that would be a fun reveal. That'd be okay, cool. I was imagining, I was imagining a different scary? kind of horror entirely. <laughs> Oh, like uh, on and off, like demonic possession in more like classic yeah, demonic kind, possession. Yeah, kind of like that, where they, where this person just like slowly loses themselves or slowly has to fight against this. Yeah, and, I, and it's I'm this not, very like resigned thing. I don't know. That's what I had in my head. Yeah, my, the, my one problem with it is that I'm not really clear on if the people that autonomy talks through are still like able to, if they are still there. Because like everybody that we, so autonomy to speak through has, you know, expired shortly after. Like the the said the the faceless immortal that took out Edward, like blew himself up along with Edward, and the body in the carriage just expired from its wounds. And Telsin was never really like fully possessed. So, I guess I really liked. Uh, I liked the little bit we got of Milan. Would have liked more. Um, I really really liked Marasi. I liked the um, hemallergic horrors, getting those again. I thought those were very always a briefly. fun element. Yeah, very, very briefly. And yeah, like o overall, I th th this book was very fun, which is what ultimately I'm I'm looking for in a in a Mistborn book. So, Katie, hmm. I think that's about it. Awesome. Well, this episode was. A lot. We we talked about a lot of things, and it's it's always interesting on reactions. Us doing three of them. What are we going to talk about? We'll find out. Some crossover, but other others not so much. Uh, but let's head on over 
to who's that Cosner character? This character is from Roshar. Menace. Tien. Tong. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere Character? Call. Welcome to Who's That Cosmere Character, the game show we sent five clues and a character to WTCC at 17char.com. I read each clue aloud, and after each clue, these guys have a chance to guess Who's That Cosmere Character. All right, this first one is sent from Ashes AE, who is a Herald on Patreon, but this was a regularly submitted one. Not a Herald priority queue, but I recognize their name. Clue one. This character is politically important. Alinar? It's not Dalinar. Every Brandon Sanderson main character. <laughs> we know no lost metal characters. Like no uh, lost I mean, spoiler, that, that, right? you, you can assume our queue is big. Yeah. Yes. How about okay. that? Though this one is, is from May 2022. How about that? So uh, I, we, we're picking them somewhat randomly from the email. Not really in order. It's so, so many people. So many people. And apparently a lot of spam in the 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 email Oof. box of this. So I, I oh, imagine I'm, I'm, I'm talking about with this character is politically important. That's oh, sorry. So many okay. people. <laughs> I'm going to do a classic and say Shan Alariel. It's not Shan Alariel. Nice. Serene. It's not Serene. Ellen. It's not Ellen. Which I knew it wouldn't be, but. Clue two. This character has no POVs. Oh, okay. That's a helpful clue. Uh, King, um, King who is Savini's father. No, it is not Aventeo. I like that, though. Thank you. Yeah, I got you. That, that, that's a su- perfectly sufficient, clear description. Love it. El Hokar? It's not El Hokar. Does El Hokar have a viewpoint? I don't think he does. No. no. I, I didn't think so. I'll go with Yeoman. It's not Yeoman. I like that too. Gavinor, because you don't have to like be doing things to be important necessarily. True, true. Okay, no. Clue three, this character died off screen. How about Nohadon? It is Nohadon. Good job. Nice. <laughs> I, I, I really like Clue 4. Like, I, I really dig this one. This one's really good. Clue 4 is this character traveled a great distance. <laughs> <laughs> and the fifth one is this character is from Roshar. It is Nohadon. What a cute one. I love it. Because he was very politically important. I hope we get some answers for that in Stormlight 5. What's going on with him? All right. This one is sent from Patrick. uh, And he's a longtime guesser, but first time clue giver. Awesome. Clue one. This character appears in more than one book. I guess I'll say book slash story. How about that? What is a book? His novellas are (laughs) books, really. Uh, Vasher. Not Vasher. Kelsier? It's not Kelsier. Hoyd. It's not Hoyd. <laughs> Gotta get the low-hanging fruit here. Vin. It's not Vin. Because she's in all three books in a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, uh, that yeah. totally counts. Yeah. That totally counts. She, she appears at the end of Secret History, too. That's true. Good point. Uh, 
Clue two, this character is alive at time of submission, which is post Rhythm of War pre-Lost Metal. Nice. We figured out that it's pre-Lost Metal, but yes. <laughs> post Rhythm of War is actually probably a useful piece of information. <laughs> Our queue is not that long. I think we're past 2020. I haven't seen one of those for a while. Lift? It's not lift. Felt. It's not felt. Galadon. Uh, no, it is not Galadon. Because uh, he's been in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, that totally uh, applies for the clues. And I don't think he died off screen, so. That we know of, anyway. Not that we know of. Uh, Chris? It's not Chris. Clue three. This character is sworn to keep a secret. Now I'm like going through all the good bad characters and then I remember this is before the lost metal. Mm-hmm. Naz. It is not Naz. When you say Kalak? It is not Kalak. So when you say more than one book slash story, it that can mean different books in the same series, right? I would say so. I, I, okay. I would interpret it that way. Yeah. That seems like the sensible reading of that clue. Yeah, that language is twigging something for me. Um, but I'm not like quite making the connection. I feel like one of the books ended with someone being like, oh, like they've promised to keep my secret for now, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Sorry, I just really enjoyed the delivery of that. Yes. Yeah. I'll go with Shalon because I'm sure she's keeping someone's secret. I imagine I so, yeah. but it's not Shalon. Yeah. I guess I have to pick someone. I'm going to go with this is hard you guys we know and i already guessed fasher i'm gonna go with adolin it's not adolin clue four this character can see more than other characters can i was going to ask if you could repeat the clues so far the clues so far okay yeah cool uh clue one this character appears in more than one book this character is alive at time of submission, so post rhythm of war. This character is sworn to keep a secret. And clue four, this character can see more than other characters can. Did you I'm guessing guess? Marsh, then. It's not Marsh. Say Zed? It's not Say Zed. Rock? It's not Rock. Cultivation? It's not Cultivation. Clue five, this character's homeland. Contains a perpendicularity. Cord. It is cord. You are so close. I guessed rock. I was like, I should have guessed cord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the (laughs) secret is uh, the Dawn Shard with Rissen, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cool. Nicely done. That is totally the ending I was thinking of when I was thinking. Oh, yeah, really? Like everyone will. I'm pretty sure (laughs) that. I don't know if it was that exact quote the way you no. did it, but uh, yeah, but I get Yeah, no, I, I didn't have it exactly right, but I knew there was something where people were like, oh, like, this can't get out, or like, and it was because, yeah, 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 Risen's yeah. a dot, yeah. yeah, Risen being a dot chart, yeah. And to close things out, we have our Who's That Cosmic Character Priority Q. Uh, you can support our Patreon. Well, you can support our Patreon for as little as a dollar. But if you want your Who's That Cosmic characters read in less than a year, then solidly support our Who's That Cosmic Character Priority Queue by being a Herald on Patreon for $10 a month. Wow. Uh, and help support us make all this content because there's there's a lot of it. Uh, 
All right, this one is sent from Little Dagger. Uh, clue one, this character is enthusiastic. Till. Till? It's not Till. <laughs> Rip. Rip, I'm counting you both. Oh. It's both your guess. Rip. Oh, I'm blanking at Rushu. It's not Rushu. Love Rushu, though. Rua. It's not Rua. Clue two. This character is often forgetful. Teravangian. It is not Teravangian. I like that, though. Is he enthusiastic? Yes. Very enthusiastic Sometimes. about killing those Sometimes. children. He's enthusiastic about saving the world. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I just wouldn't put that at the top of my list of descriptors for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, the only character I can think of is from one of the unpublished books. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Too many of the secret mm. projects in my brain. It's like, no, wait, I can't. I got to push that out of my way and dig in deeper. I know. I know. <clears throat> Trying to think of all my lovable airheads of the Cosmere. Mm. Oh, uh, let's go with. Oh, I don't know. Pattern is very enthusiastic, but I don't know that. Yeah, it's tricky. Is, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, maybe he was at first before he had all of his cognition together. So yeah, sure. What the heck? I'll just throw pattern out of the way. Oh, I like that guess, but it's not pattern. Shalon. It's not Shalon. It's a good guess too. I don't know. Let's say Dalinar. It's not Dalinar. Something out there. There are certain definitions of forgetful. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. Well, no, that's what I was going. For certain off definitions of, of enthusiastic during certain times of his, yeah, yeah, enthusiastic. enthusiastic. Yeah. Like when he's with the yeah. trill. Uh huh. Kalu three. It's still not Dalinar, but this character is considered dangerous. Dangerous, forgetful, and enthusiastic. What a combo. Nightblood. Night it is Nightblood. <laughs> we both said it. Yeah, I we do did. think you both said it. Yes, it yes, is Nightblood. Yes, we said it exactly the same time. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I, I, I heard it like at the exact same time. Yeah, uh, good one. Very good. Yeah, it's like what Venn diagram, but it's like exclusively Nightblood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clue four is this character hopped worlds, and clue five, this character often loses track of time, which uh, I, I, I think these are, those were very nice clues that like weren't hyper specific, but were, were useful. I think that's a well-crafted mm -hmm. one. I appreciate yeah. that. No, I like the like character aspects. Mm. Like, like saying like, per, like personality traits, because yeah. it does narrow in, but not in the way like we're used to kind of narrowing in with like do they have powers or not yeah, what yeah, planet yeah. are they from yeah or plot elements whereas like that's like okay which characters are enthusiastic and i think though i think the personality trait ones it can be dicey uh, yeah. on if people agree i think everyone that's can true. agree Nightfall is very enthusiastic yeah and then the the forgetful one was good too because mm -hmm. that's such like a quirk yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, not. Well, mm. I guess yeah. I and was then like, dangerous, that... and then the light bulb. You could, you could almost see Bing. the moment where the light bulb nice. pops up above <laughs> my head. All right, everyone, you can chat about the lost metal and all your news discussion series and fun that you could ever want on 17char.com. We have a very active Discord server with uh, a lot going on, uh, and there's a lot of uh, podcasts still to come here. Uh, 
last this is our last reactions episode uh so i think after this yeah then we're going to have our harmony discord episode this weekend i'm pretty sure and then we'll be back to weekly for a bit which is good because i don't know why i signed myself up to do two things a week for a bit but that's that's what happened hey and uh yeah, so come join us in Discord, chat with our stuff, leave a comment below. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, you can, and again, you can support our Patreon for as little as a dollar uh, if you if you like our stuff. And uh, yeah, see you all next time. Bye. 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 Call.